we're going. I do want everyone to see what's going on. I want everyone to see the abuse that I endure. It's not abuse. Behind though. closed doors. You guys, people say that I'm hard on Benton. You missed the last 20 minutes of him berating me. <laughs> Who says that? <laughs> Someone just farted. Was that you? No, it was one of these 18 dogs. <laughs> <laughs> or was, was that, um, I was just catcalled by Benton. Cat call. <laughs> called out. I called you out. He bet to just told me to put on eyeliner. Or wait. Mascara. Whatever. And then you went in the bathroom and tricked it. <laughs> you put on just the tip of your lash. Yeah, I don't want... I don't... You're. I don't need to be in your male gaze. You're not 13 years old. You can't just pencil blue eyeliner on your eye and be like, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. <laughs> what is wrong with just With a berry a- lip. Who a- are you? <laughs> me, me from the Drew Carey show? What are you doing? Uh, it's not okay. A very lip. <laughs> well, look, I do think that it's important that we address, stop screwing around and address the biggest news story in the world right now, what everyone's talking about, which is my blue eyeliner. <laughs> it's all anyone's talking about. We love individuality. It's, it's really, uh, the internet is a buzz. My comments are just a flame. Look, I I have not been out of my house in three months. California's shut down. <laughs> and my style evolution has become very iconic very quickly. The problem with when you're at home and don't go anywhere, you don't have anyone to check you. You don't have anyone to mock you. You don't have anyone to give you like a weird look. So I've just fully started dressing in wolf sweatshirts, <laughs> blue eyeliner. <laughs> it's just it's it, it's it's alarming like it, three months ago i was like maybe i should buy this vintage horse shirt now it's just like walk i can't wear my coral necklace without my tiger's eye earrings <laughs> yeah you've just turned into like the party planner at a, at a retirement home <laughs> i'm just you have I'm, gay pink eye now it's just ever changing i think that this blue eyeliner is my brand now this is my blue eyeliner is like Gallagher's watermelon at this point. This is I iconic. So I do feel like my fashion, I I don't know, maybe I'm going through something, what's going on in the news, in the world, like I'm having some kind of emotional reaction to where I feel like I need to really go for it um, with my fashion sense. But I'm a little bit alarmed in the decisions I make. I mean, the other day I was like, I can't wear my feather earrings, my tutus at the dry cleaner. (laughs) This doesn't match at all. Like, I literally was like, I can't wear my muumuu without my tiara. That would look ridiculous. <laughs> I do think, though, that the blue eyeliner is maybe in reaction to wearing masks. We all have to wear masks. And I feel like it's um, I'm not able to communicate or something mm-hmm. like I'm not like I need to tell a story, I guess, with my eyes, because it's the only thing that's showing. Yeah. You want people to know you're like, if I didn't have this mask on, I'd have something to say. <laughs> I need you to know. I want you to know that I take up a lot of space (laughs) with or without this mask. Like, I think that now that some of my uh, personality is hidden, (laughs) I now need to let people know that I'm unpredictable in other nonverbal ways. I'm wild. You know, I, I do believe strongly. I think this was in the 48 laws of power. Was that how many laws of power there were? I think it was. One of them was you always need to come off a little crazy and a little unpredictable so people don't fuck with you. Nailed it. And I haven't yet got a teardrop tattoo, so I feel like that's what my blue eyeliner is conveying. That is you. People come into the house to fix the furnace or something, <laughs> and you're wearing full dog pajamas and blue eyeliner at the door. You have a David Bowie lightning bolt down your face. You're like, come in. 
I'm like, steal from me. I dare you. Yeah. Want to go in the <laughs> attic? Go for it. I think when you're a woman that lives alone and you have like people coming into your house to do work, you have to make sure they know that you're yeah. batshit crazy. I have to be a furry. People come and do work at my house. <laughs> like, I, I live in the middle of nowhere. Like, any of these workers could murder me at any time, but they're like, I'm, they're going to think twice after they look at my eyelids. <laughs> she carries a switchblade. <laughs> um, so, this is actually, believe it or not, getting to a story. So, blue eyeliner is my thing now. And you know, when I when I decide I'm doing something, I'm I'm all in. <laughs> I am nothing if not loyal. You are here for what you want. Like when I decide I'm going to do something, I do it. Like in college, I started with lip stain from the body shop. Still wearing it. 18 years later, it's never really worked for me. Don't give a shit. Okay, I'm loyal. All right. Like when I remember I got into beaded belts for a minute. Uh huh. Then now it looks like we <laughs> think we live in the 70s. There's fringe belts hanging everywhere. I bought like if I there, uh, if I want something, I want all of them. <laughs> like I can't just have one of them. I am. I've been a hoarder. I mean, I have that hoarding nature to me. Didn't I do it? Remember when I was into red pants? Oh my God. Do you remember? Yes. I forgot about red pants. Okay, yes. Red pants. You ripped a pair of red pants once and we had to buy like seven more <laughs> to pairs. Replace the- to replace I one pair of red pants. You know what it is? It's a scarcity complex. It's a deep scarcity complex that I think I get because I remember when I was a kid and when my dad would put down a plate of chicken nuggets, I would grab all of them and lick them all and put them back so that no one else could have any. Yeah, that's just a br- being a brat. That's not really a <laughs> scarcity complex. But I did it. I do it with like things that I did it with horse statues. Name something: clocks, vases, did, soap. Remember I, when we kept ordering different types of soap? <laughs> Rose soap, lavender soap, uh, African. Uh, it was like black African soap. It was all these things. I'm like, what? Oh, what no, fruit doing? loop soap. Yeah, fruit loops. I was like, where, how we you- had to, I got to the point where I had ordered every soap on the internet, and we got to soap that had fruit loops like cooked into it. <laughs> Great soap, by the way. So I was like, I need all the blue eyeliners. This is my new thing. This is my hook. I go on Amazon, I buy uh, NARS eyeliner, right? I'm like, I'm going to buy some nice eyeliner, doing my damn thing, order it. And I'm like, it, it was weird that it was like $5. Was that I, weird? I was like, oh, it's like a pandemic sale. Like Jeff Bezos has finally given us a break. Like he wants me to like be me. He supports my full transition into Dolly Parton. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I get it. And f- I open it and I'm I like, you know, the smell of makeup. Like, you know, when something's off. Right. So I open I'm like, that doesn't smell right. It smelled like, you know, when you open a box of crayons. Is it crowns or crayons? Yeah. I still don't know. 30 crayons. Old. Crayons? Crowns. I say crowns. No, it's like don't. a waxy effluvium of like tar. Yeah, it's Play-Doh. And I was like, okay, that doesn't smell right. And then I put it on and it was like scratching my eyelid and like my eyes were getting all burny. And I'd forgotten you told me not to order makeup off of Amazon. Please explain to yeah. our listeners why. First of all, I love that you still put it on even after it smelled bad. You were like committed. I was um, like, I, I honestly was like, I was too far down the road at this point. She licked it. And I remember uh, you told me about counterfeit makeup. Yes. So on Amazon. I just, I just didn't want you to be right so badly. <laughs> I'll go blind for this. I was- <laughs> uh, yeah. So basically when you order things on Amazon, unless they are licensed through Amazon, like like the Lady Gaga makeup, that is from Amazon through Amazon. But if very you just legit. do a brand name and if, put it in Amazon, you're probably getting you're, counterfeit makeup. You're probably makeup. getting counterfeit makeup because it's being sold through a seller, which means 
They could have just had it and decided to sell it. Yeah. They got it. It was expired. They got it. Is it like a, it. like a $40 Gucci purse? Like it's going to be like a fake. Yeah, it's fake. They have it with makeup yeah. too, except you're putting it in your like wet orifices. Yeah. I mean, your first. Are eyes orifices? I don't even yes, know. Yes, they are orifices. Okay. See, so I am putting it on and I'm like, this is, is burning my eye. Like this isn't like, and I'm putting it on. I'm like, why am I getting sleepy? Like this can't be good. Like yeah. it's like emitting like weird ass fumes and shit. I mean, a good a good rule of thumb is if it's spelled wrong, it's probably not real. <laughs> so you could just look at it and be like, "Oh, this is N A R Z Z Z Z Z." It's just Nyquil and a stick. <laughs> well, it was. I was like, "What?" It's like I, I don't know. There was a documentary on Netflix called Broken. Broken. But it was a series, and one of them was on counterfeit makeup. And this girl had ordered all these like makeup palettes, and her eyes were like glued shut. She couldn't open. Them. Like I don't even know what the fuck they put in there. It's like grout. Yeah, I mean, cough. neither do you. And then they just match the packaging, and you're like, oh, well, this is the same thing, but cheaper. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's yeah. not the same thing. Yeah, so I'm probably going to get some kind of like optical infection at some point, but it's worth it. Um, and also, the evolution of the vibe is also involving these blue light glasses. These are the glasses. I think we talked about these on the show ages ago. Yeah, and as did. usual, I gave advice that I don't take myself take. And they stop the blue light from your computer. And I got to say, am I not spunkier than I've ever been? Uh, I feel like I have more energy <laughs> since I've been wearing them. Is this a placebo effect? Yeah, I thought it was the eyeliner, though. I <laughs> I, it's the fact that I'm in yeah. it's pure Adderall I used to I thought those cookie monster balls you had <laughs> eyes were really giving you the energy no but I do I feel like by the time my screen time is literally like it is embarrassing I can't I, I there's nothing I will not admit about myself but my screen time is embarrassing at this point point. and so wearing these has really helped although the look is a little bit terrifying i do kind of look like a serial killer from the 70s i look like um join the club uh <laughs> i know you're more 80s you're a serial killer from the, <laughs> in the 90s yeah yeah i feel like i am doing like the full charlie's theron and monster vibes at this point when i am emotional or wanted to i want to like fake my death i want to change everything about myself and i can't do that right now because everything is closed i really want to go get a bunch of tattoos but tattoo bars are closed blah blah so the hair is happening the blue eyeliner is happening and then i bought all the horse shirts on uh etsy so now i moved on to the wolf ones thank god the tattoo shops are closed though can we just go back to that like we're really lucky that they're not open for you right for now you, i really want to get a giant shark on my forearm yeah, but but the way that you like to hoard things, it's a good thing that we're not. I want all the shark yeah, you just come back, you're like an aquarium. <laughs> so this is a very roundabout, circuitous way to get to the fact that, so this has been my vibe. I found out who I am. This is it. This is my mugshot. Get used to the vintage wolves. Get used to the blue light glasses. Get used to the, I don't think this is a Karen haircut. I feel like it's not full Karen. It's like Kara. No. It's like it's like hey. you're an extra in Howdy Ugly. <laughs> just in the background, like bip 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 bip. I know. Bip, <laughs> that's I do need to open a Coyote Ugly bar. Bip, 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 bip. <laughs> Where's the Coyote? Okay, so I was flirting with uh, my Instagram followers, as you know, I am want to do, and I took a picture of myself in my new look, and I said, "So, what do you guys think I look like? Like, who do I look like? Right? This is actually building to something, believe it or not." And you guys had hilarious fucking comebacks. Is that what you even call it? <laughs> Someone said I look like Miss Briggs from iCarly. I don't even know what that is. I think that's a hilarious first of all. I can't believe that? you don't know who iCarly is. Someone wrote in parentheses, the person that wrote it wrote, you're going to have to Google this, you don't know who it is. You guys know me so well, and I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, Velma from Scooby-Doo. Uh, 
hot take first. <laughs> is that the one in the orange? Yes, that's the smart one with the glasses. We love that. That's like the Janet from Three's Company. It's Velma from Scooby. You don't like you don't know Three's Company. See, you I know, do I know Three's cut. Company. And come and knock on our door. We'll be waiting for you. Yeah. Gem. And the hologram. I That's my what, favorite one. They I don't said. even know what that is. Oh yeah, you looked at me and you said Josie and the Pussycat Dolls. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I like, said the Pussycat Dolls. You were <laughs> like Josie, <laughs> one of the neighborhood wives from Edward Scissorhands. A plus, A plus, A plus. You kind of like Edward, though. How dare you? And then someone just wrote Art Ho. Art Ho. That's <laughs> that's that's really it, though. Art Ho. Because you're just like you're just a little bit more faith making away from being a juggalo. <laughs> so I'm reading these. I'm laughing. I'm appreciating it. We've had an intense, you know, couple weeks on the podcast in terms of our guests and what's going on in the world. And then someone, you guys are writing all these hilarious things. And then someone writes, "You look like a comedian who apparently doesn't make jokes anymore." Ooh, hot tea. <laughs> Spilled it. Got her good. So, I, I, it hurt my feelings. <laughs> and the reason I'm bringing it up. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. And then when I told Benton about this, Benton was like, oh, no, no, no. Someone writes that on every comedian's page. Like, I didn't realize yeah. that that was something that people write on comics pages all the time. Because I did that auto block thing fucking ages ago. You know, the way I auto block mean comments that have certain keywords. Right. Mine was like whore and busted and old and, you know, whatever. So this one got through. And it, you know what it got to me? It got to me because I, first of all, I don't, comments don't hurt my feelings anymore. I am now at the point where I realize that if you make a mean comment on my page, you love me. You're obsessed <laughs> with me. You're, you love me. You're in love with me. And it hurts your heart that you can't be with me. And this is the only thing you can do to manage your pain. I'm, I'm fine with mean comments. And also, that's what I would do. If bully I, people. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that's what I do when I like someone. I'm just mean to them. So I know what you're doing. I love you too. And um, your dad dropped the ball. Anyway, I it really did bug me, though, and it did make me want to say something, because we have Amber uh, Riley on the podcast today, and it's an amazing interview. But Icon, I, legend. Icon, Stop. legend. And we're going to play. She sang uh, Freedom by Beyonce at one of the protests, and it was just yeah. un unreal. And um, I did want to bring it up, though, because I do feel like the last couple episodes have obviously been serious, kind of reflecting what's going on in the world. And I just want to let people know, like, I can't be silly in these interviews because I do get insecure that I'm not being funny enough, but I know what it's like to be in an interview where the host is being really funny and then you feel like you can't be authentic or vulnerable. Like I've, for, I mean, my whole career, I've had to go into like radio interviews and morning show interviews and podcast interviews where you walk in and someone's like, hey, what are you coming? School, come on your face, come on my tits, come, right. come on my ass. And then I have to like, you like, think yeah, come on, my tits. Yeah, like then I have to adapt to the tone they're setting. Yeah, you think that that's the tone of the show now, and yeah. so you just become a different person. You're like, I love monster trucks. Yeah, like, monster trucks. Yeah, whatever yeah. you say, I'm Back into that it. That truck a come up into my butt, and then yeah. I'm like, that's not what I wanted to do here today. Like that's not why I drove here. So like this is a delicate time, and I think that in order to get the kind of interviews we're getting, I can't just be goofy the whole time. You know yeah, what I you mean? Let people have their space to talk about what they want to talk about. Yeah, we're just giving them a platform. For all these people to listen to. And the reason I need to air this resentment is because I know the type of bitch I am. And I, what I'll do is I'll hold in the resentment and not say anything about it. And then one day I'll just be like, I'll just quit the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so like, we're done now. Like, <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore. Like, I have to let it out because I do, I know things are, I think the podcast 
is evolving, you know, and I think it's time. Um, I love having my comedian friends on and we will always do that. Don't panic. We had, (laughs) please calm down. (laughs) Yeah. Like everyone that's like, how come this isn't have, you know, your funny comic friend. They all have four podcasts. If you (laughs) want to hear Bobby Lee or Chris D'Elia, you can hear them anytime you want. You know, you don't have to come here for them, but I do, uh, I, I, we had done Jim Jeffries, his Mm -hmm. second round. Don't worry. We talked about threesomes for about an hour. That's going to come out very soon. Yeah. <laughs> it, that would have been weird to drop that two weeks ago. It would have been just bizarre. Um, and then next week, I'm actually really excited. We're going to have Dr. David Agus on, professor of medicine and engineering at the University of Southern California. Uh, and he, uh, I, I'm so afraid I'm not going to be able to pronounce this, co-founder of Navigenics, a personalized medicine company, and applied proteomics, which is, uh, proteomics is a large-scale study of shit and we love that you guys know that i love true science benton i i think we're evolving into actually talking to legitimate scientists instead of benton being like yeah i read that somewhere once <laughs> so far haven't been wrong <laughs> i did read all those things and so uh i think it's important to like read the room you know uh in terms of like i noticed that with everything that's going on and you'll see someone's like instagram and you're like oh this bitch is just not reading the room <laughs> yeah, she- yeah not she's not aware yeah yeah and so i you know i just want to acknowledge that because i i just want you guys to know that i know and uh and i'm i think that the when we started this podcast we wanted it to be educational funny but also you're going to learn something about yourself you're going to learn new vocabulary you're going to you be inspired like that's always what we want to do with this podcast but the problem is all my friends are hilarious comedians so we did sort of you know it is, it is kind of hard to go back and forth. But so expect we'll do- more and expect different. Yeah. And so I just, I love that I'm spending 20 minutes acknowledging one troll that was probably drunk when he wrote one comment. And uh, it's controlled the last five days of my But here's your life. moment, sir. Here's what you wanted. <laughs> and then, um, yeah. So I also like, I mean, this is what we, we wanted to make a podcast that was like, if you only listen to one podcast a week, like this will be... What? Yeah, you'll walk away with a with a joke you can share with your friends and information. <laughs> I was going to say, like, if you only have one hour a week to listen to a podcast, listen to this one. If you only have six hours yeah. to listen to one podcast. If you only have five hours to listen <laughs> to a podcast. As if our podcast has ever been a fucking hour. So, anyway, Amber Riley is coming up. You know her from Glee. You know her. Um, uh, she played Effie in Dreamgirls on the West End. She's, I mean, truly, truly... I truly an icon. I yeah. still watch Glee to this day. Yeah, and uh, uh, the Wiz, you've seen her. She's incredible. Um, and she comes on, and it c- totally blew my mind. Yeah, she's a powerful speaker. Yes, smart. That's coming up, and it's uh, definitely a balance. Like you know, we were able to find, I think, a lot of comedy in the tension of what's going on. Um, why don't I never say comedy in tension? Why don't I never say that again? So let's just a couple uh, updates about touring. Touring, LOL. Uh, <laughs> you guys remember that? <laughs> remember touring? Remember when I left my house? I miss touring so much. I The reason that I have not said anything about it um, is that I just don't know. I li- <laughs> Ever changing. <laughs> I literally don't know. Every time we reschedule the tour, everything changes. I don't want anyone's uh, grandmother to get sick because they came to one of my shows. A lot of the venues are making the calls here a lot of the people yeah. that work at these venues are getting furloughed i mean it's it's devastating it's it's a, a wild time thank you for your patience there are always going to be updates on the website when you guys text me i really appreciate it three two nope eight one eight nope eight one eight two three seven Mm-hmm. What is it? I don't know your number i don't text you eight one eight two three nine seven five two seven um 
I will try to respond. Benton, you're going to send out updates uh, today individually yes. to people on that. So text on that. And Benton's going to do updates by city. Uh, Los Angeles, the Largo shows, those are postponed. Huntington, New York was canceled. Again, these are not, I do not make these decisions. Uh, we're going to find new venues to do. Uh, Montclair, New Jersey is canceled. San Francisco is canceled. We're going to move to a new venue. Indianapolis is canceled. Such a bummer. Uh, San Francisco... Ooh, what's that? I thought that was saying, okay, sorry. That was the second show. Uh, Miami, August 22nd. I'm apparently in Miami, Oklahoma. That's Miami happening. Up. Miami. Sorry. Miami, Oklahoma. <laughs> I, it's been so Don't long get confused that I've forgotten the fucking name of it. Atlanta. It looks like we're doing that on September 24th. Boston, Massachusetts, October 22nd. Uh, Mance, Mashahanatucket, Connecticut. <laughs> Connecticut. <laughs> what is it? Ma- Mash, what is it? Mash and tuck it. I've done that the Fox with so many times and I still don't know. I've become illiterate in the last three months. Um, October 23rd. That's happening. Nashville is happening November 7th. Uh, this is updated, right? Yeah, that's okay. from today. I printed off your okay. website. Okay, Atlantic City, November 14th is happening. Spend Thanksgiving with me. Anaheim is happening January 9th. Orlando, January 16th. Clearwater, Florida. Scientologists, come through. <laughs> come through. January 17th. Minneapolis, January 23rd. Okay, so in January, I'm doing a bunch of dates. Minneapolis, we're doing two shows, it looks mm-hmm. like, uh, on January 23rd at the Pantages Theater. Ridgefield, Connecticut, we're doing it. February 5th and 6th, two shows. Houston, Texas, Yes. I mean, Houston was the second show we canceled after Detroit, remember? Mm-hmm. Royal uh, Oak was the first one. I know. Detroit. Uh, uh, oh, that's coming. Uh, not Detroit. Royal Oak. Uh, April 16th. That's rescheduled. March 20th is Dallas, Texas. Chicago, Illinois, April 10th. Two shows that night. Cleveland, uh, April 17th. Sacramento, coming at you May 15th. And all this is on WhitneyCummings.com. If yeah. You look at it yourself. So sorry if you guys have been annoyed and frustrated. And if you're not getting refunds, I'm trying. Like, I just, I don't control all of that. Like, I bear, I bear, I don't know where my headphones are today. Like, I just don't. <laughs> this is text Benton. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Do you have anything else you need to say? Because Yes, I don't- we have merch, merch, guys. New merch. We have new merch out. I'm going to be honest. I've had shame about promoting merch given everything that's going on in the world. But I'm holding that it up That is true. Right now. But we still have it regardless. Benton keeps yelling at me that I'm not wearing it enough. We have new merch. It's for Pride. Um, it's for charity. It's being donated yes. to the um, Black Trans and Fems in the Arts Fund. Can you say that again? Black Trans but faster, and Fems in the Arts Fund. Faster. Five Black, times. Black Trans and Fems in the Arts Fund. Black Trans and Fems in the Arts Fund. Black Trans and Fems in the Arts Fund. That's what it is. You can get that. It's real good, real cute, real nice. We have this real cool hoodie. That you're wearing. Yeah, on the back. Well, I would turn around, but it says... Can you engage? Can you swivel for us? <laughs> it to says, show this off is the merch? good for you on the back of it. Yeah. So the merch is all. Um, uh, we need to start doing blue light glasses merch. We're doing more uh, masks merch. We're going to do some bat 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 merch by yeah. popular demand. We will have more merch coming, but right now, go get the merch we have. <laughs> well, let's th- not worry about what we have in the future. We have this right now. <laughs> um, okay. Please enjoy. Amber, Riley, thank you. Bye. Don't write elephant. Oh, yeah. I want to just read something really quick from So You Want to Talk About Race. Do not force people of color into discussions of race. I'm doing that right now. (laughs) But I would like to say, I think I'm just trying to amplify Amber's voice. Thank you. I appreciate it. She is a hero in this moment. She's doing incredible things. Um, She's dropping an EP soon, which we are going to talk about at the end or whenever you want. Um, (laughs) She started this incredible hashtag. That said, 
we have a lot of fucking listeners, so I get to do this. Uh, people of color live with racism each and every day with no say over when and how it impacts their lives. It's painful and exhausting. When people of color have the rare luxury to choose to not engage in additional dialogue about race, do not deny them that. Even if this discussion is really important to you, you never have a right to demand it. So I was very trepidatious of asking you because I'm sure you're tired. I'm sure you have a lot on your plate. Um, and so I just want to thank you for being here. I'm also a very big fan and in case you didn't notice, I put on so much makeup. Uh, I don't know if I'm trying to fuck you. I don't know what I'm doing here, but I put on lip liner. I appreciate it. I looked and I said, oh, bitch got blue eyeliner on with the blue shirt and the stone. Like, you look good, I mean, sis. Look, you look good. I look like an art teacher from Santa Fe. Just going through a bad divorce. So I just... I oh, hi. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. I had like an oh, hi... <laughs> Uh, indigo, a blanket dyer. I don't know what I'm doing. She's in a midlife crisis is what she's in. So I'm sorry. I really went for it. I got rings. I mean, I put, I'm pushing it. I'm trying to bedazzle you. I'm trying to press you. Um, so I just want to say thank you. I've been talking to a lot of uh, friends, you know, who are like, stop asking us how we are. That's ma You're making it about you. That's not your service for the day. That's not your action for the day. Mm -hmm. By the way, what do you, what am I going to write back? Great. Never. Back. Yeah. Like, like, you know how I'm doing. <laughs> it's, it, you know, I think it's, it's just time out for people to act like they are just now realizing that racism is here. Mm -hmm. And I think the exhaustion comes from, uh, um, racism being, uh, created by white people and black mm -hmm. people now having to find the solution for it. That's right. It's, um, it's, it's, kind of insensitive for you to want me to sit down and uh, black explain mm -hmm. to you mm -hmm. <laughs> what daily you know life for me is you'll you'll never understand it what we need you to do is check your racist family members mm -hmm. i don't want to know about your racist uncle or your racist grandmother or your racist aunt and how you don't agree with what they you know what it is that they say you don't get points for that also, you don't get points. <laughs> that, you don't get points for not agreeing. You don't get points for marching. You don't get points for tweeting something out. You don't get points mm. for Instagramming. We're it's all of our responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I and I just want people to understand that. Like, you know, I had to even check myself. I'm like, I'm I'm out here fighting for equality for black people. But I I, I really haven't been fighting for equality for trans people. Mm. I haven't been really, you know, putting my name out there as an ally for the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. And when a lot of my friends did, white friends did reach out to me, a lot of them are in the LGBTQ community. And I, and I in turn, apologized to them because I said, you know, I, I want to be an ally and I want everybody to live a, a life where they feel safe. Mm -hmm. And intersectionality does exist. Mm -hmm. There are black trans people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there are black gay people. There are black bisexual people. You know, and all of that, if black lives matter, all black lives have to matter. Mm -hmm. um, and all lives, we already know all lives matter. You know, but there there are... It's me with that shit. Yeah, right. Seriously. <laughs> I'm, good. I'm good. There's there, there's just different different degrees of, of struggle. And it's not about putting one struggle against another. It's the fact that we all struggle and we all have the ability to 
to um, end that struggle. Mm. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, my friend, you know, Phoebe Robinson, uh, who's been on the show, um, I was texting with her today. She gave me permission uh, to share this. She said, it's such a mess. I wish white people would stop centering themselves in this moment. And it's just, it's white guilt. Mm. <laughs> that's 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 what it is. And where do you fall on white guilt? Because me and my producer was just talking about this, like, you should have a little. <laughs> you know, it, it, at least you're feeling something, you know? I don't think any emotion is useless. Yeah, yeah. Just use it to drive yourself to learn something, to educate yourself, to read a fucking book, to let... Are resources available? You yes. do not. I gave them at the end of the last podcast. I'll give them at the end of this one. You do not need to ask your black friends to educate you on racism. They are not your teacher and you don't get to get free labor from them. We did that for a while. <laughs> this country did that for a while. <laughs> Built this country. Made a bunch of people very wealthy. A bunch free of white labor. people. Very, yeah. We don't need to now ask them for their free emotional and intellectual labor. Or, or, or as my niece's history book says, um, field workers. Mm. Field you workers. don't get credit you don't get <laughs> points moral points for asking your black friends a bunch of questions and forcing them to educate you yeah that's not i mean i i don't want anyone to ever feel like you can't talk to your black friends about stuff but come with information mm. like oh i read um uh uh, I actually was having a conversation with Court Court Overstreet, who was on the show with me, and he said that he read the book um, "Why I Won't Why I Won't Be Explaining Racism to uh, My White Friends Anymore," mm. and he said it opened up his eyes a lot, mm. and we were able to have a different conversation. Yes, because we 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 we're now understanding systematic racism, institutionalized ra like we we now understand from a certain point. Like he was like, I took the I kind of took the blinders off, mm -hmm. as opposed to someone that's like, so what's going on? Like I don't get it. Yeah. Like how how are you getting through every day? Like what is that? What's this Black Lives Matter thing? Like it's just go get bitch Google. Go go get Use the in, in, information. Yeah, ask Jeeves. <laughs> ask Jeeves. <laughs> ask, ask ask Black Why Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Ask Black Twitter. Who is who is more resourceful than Google? I'll tell you that. Okay? <laughs> um, Robin D'Angelo who wrote uh right fragility said we make it miserable for people of color to talk about racist patterns in their experience because our feelings take over and make us defensive i've i've done that when yeah. i was younger you talk about it and you're like well i'm not i don't i mean but i don't do that it's like we're not we're, we're not talking about a racist person we're talking about a racist system yeah right yeah and i think we we were kind of talking about it before i think a lot of white people think of a racist as like it has to be a white hood and burning a cross mm -hmm. and that's a racist we're talking about racist systems yeah when you say racism people automatically um think action mm -hmm. they think um they Saying think the n-word yeah they think action but what i want everyone to understand is when we say racists um, we're we are talking about the system and what we're saying is you benefit from that system and that system was built to oppress mm -hmm. black people and people of color, mm -hmm. which are two different things. I'm going to be stupid. Nancy Pelosi. 
How come? Oh, can we talk about that? <laughs> we don't have to, but I'd love to. Think about it. Woo! The Black Caucus set her up. They set them up. I was like, yo, the Black Caucus told them to do that? Can I play a video from a woman? Um, oh, no. Did it go away? There was a video that I wanted to play about it. What? This is the Democratic Party wearing the kinte cloth of the, is it the Ashanti tribe? Are too lazy to make this kind of quick video response. But today something happened and I thought it's actually important enough that I get in front of my camera and make a short video to explain something short enough for, uh, for me to post on Twitter. I was just looking online today, like most of you, and what did I see? A bunch of Democrat politicians kneeling down, of which I have nothing to say about that because I am not an American. However, they were all ha uh, having around their necks this colorful fabric, which I'm sure they put around their necks as some kind of uh, mark or show of unity or solidarity with black people. So in other words, they are putting forward the Kente material or this colorful fabric they had around their necks as uh, some kind of placating sign or symbol to show that they are not racist and they are together with black people. Excuse me, dear Democrats, in your tokenism, you didn't wait to find out that this thing that you're hanging around your neck is not just some African uniform. Mm -mm. It's actually the Kente material. Yes. They belongs to the Ghanaian people, yes. mainly the Ashanti tribe. Yes. Excuse me, Democrats, don't treat Africans like we're children. These fabrics and these, you know, colorful things that we have within our culture and tradition, they all mean something to us. I know you look at us and you say, oh, Africans, you're so cute in all your colorful dresses. Well, some of those dresses and patterns and, and colors and fabrics something. actually do mean something do. to us. Some of them belong to ancient tribes and mean something to them. So why are you using it as your own show of uh, non-racism or your own show of virtue? Why are you using the Kente material to signal your virtue? Stop it. We are not children. Africans are not children. And leave our tradition and our culture to us. And if you don't know much about it, ask somebody. I'm sure there would have been something else you could have done to show your, your solidarity with black people. Instead of taking the Kente material and making a little show of it. Well. Well. <laughs> and I also looked up the meaning of each color. They wore predominantly yellow. Mm -hmm. Someone should have Googled this, but yellow actually means wealth <laughs> could someone have googled what the colors mean before you put on your costume i'm going to say that all of this was orchestrated by god to let us know that that was bullshit <laughs> which we already knew <laughs> Which we already knew. And the Black Caucus <laughs> actually showed up with those and told them to wear them in solidarity, which was a complete setup. Either somebody was being funny or somebody was completely ignorant. Sabotaging. or Yeah, it, or they were yeah, compl was just completely ignorant. But I think it's important because, you know, I don't talk about politics a lot. Mm -hmm. I just don't find it helpful. And I think when we slam Trump, we kind of help him sometimes. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people... Um, uh, don't realize that, but I think it's important to, and, and Robin talks about this, she said, everything I've learned about white fragility is from liberal progressives. <laughs> you know, Democrats get it wrong too. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think it's important to realize this isn't a Democrat, Republican thing. Democrats screw up and have blind spots and do dumb shit. Yeah. This this kind of stuff is Malcolm X once said, um, I don't believe in progression Mm. in the black movement. Because Mm. you we have as a whole in our government have to recognize that racism, systematic racism, the structures that were built were not built for black people. So we don't even there's no such thing as progression until that happens. Right. Until it changes. Until until our legislation actually Mm -hmm. realizes that the system that you built doesn't benefit black people, which is why we're calling to defund the police, Mm -hmm. which is why we're calling, you know, to prosecute killer cops. And Mm -hmm. the narrative that is put on that is it's it's. It's very it seems like a radical thing. Yes. Defunding the police seems very radical to people, but it's actually not. Mm. And I can and I can prove it. Please. Because in rich neighborhoods, white neighborhoods, um, well, there's black people there, too. But but in richer neighborhoods like your Beverly Hills or your Bel Airs, you don't have police mm-hmm. sitting out on every single corner. Mm-hmm. People aren't really robbing the grocery stores or robbing their neighbors. Mm-hmm. None of that is happening because there's wealth there. So if we take the money, the $3 billion mm-hmm. that you want to give these police who are killing our people mm-hmm. and put them in the neighborhoods and and fund, uh, uh, get the homeless people jobs yeah. that are stealing because that nobody is ever stealing anything because... They just want to. It's like Kimberly Jones's point. She was like, don't look at the fact that people are looting. Look at the fact, figure out why they're looting, why we are in this country and people feel the need to jump through broken windows to get a pair of shoes. Why are we in that situation in the first place? Because that money isn't being put to use mm-hmm. how it should be. After if we school go into- programs, mental health programs, yep. this isn't about no police officers. Defund the police does, I get why people just go to like, huh, we're gonna have no police officers? This is just gonna be chaos? You know, the idea is that it goes to affordable housing, possibly reparations, something yeah. that... But that is, but see, that is reparations. Yes. Because we built this country mm-hmm. and the first time that black people did um, kind of, uh, not kind of, but they did build their own wealth, Black Wall Street. Yeah. You know, um, it was a bunch of groups of white people got really upset that they were flourishing and they came and killed and and, and burnt that shit down. Right. I, I have cried so much. <laughs> I have cried so much in the last three weeks. Some are happy tears because I do see people starting to wake up. Mm. But I hate that it had to take eight different camera angles yeah. from for for George Floyd to lose his life. I hate ten that. 10 minutes. A 10 minute video. And I hate that and lost his lost his life after 8. Mm-hmm. And I hate that it takes people to see black pain for them to make it real. I hate that we have been silenced and told, oh, you're just the black angry woman. Oh, you're a scary black man. Oh, you, I hate it because I know so many beautiful things about our culture and we got our own shit too. We're not left to deal with it in our own community without outside influences judging it, but we got our own shit that we have to deal with. But on top of that, we have to fight on the outside. Mm. You know, when we were when we were brought here, we were stripped of our identity. 
I don't know. I don't know. You know, I know that my roots are Cameroonian and Ghanaian, but I don't know what tribe I was from. I don't know what my, my family there. I don't know our traditions. I don't know our our lang- my original language. Can you imagine being put on a boat for months? You're laying in other people's throw up and feces and dead bodies laying on a boat. You get to a country and you're just you don't speak the language and you're being yelled and screamed at to work, to build. And you have no clue what is going on. All you know is when you don't do what they tell you to do, they beat you. So you learn to do what they tell you to do and to be quiet. And that has been going through our culture. Mm -hmm. We have learned in our culture, do what they tell you to do. Policing was, was founded in slave catching to protect white neighborhoods and their property, which was to catch the slaves and bring them back. You know, these are all things that people can just Google and research and understand there's never been a moment in history where a, a, a president has stood up and said, we need to reconcile what was done to the to black people. Australia did it mm-hmm. for the aboriginals that are there, but our country hasn't. And so having the understanding that you will always, as a white person or a white passing person, benefit from systemic racism, from racism, from from white supremacy. You benefit from it. Even if you're not involved, you benefit from it. And until you are actively trying to not benefit from it, to push against it, to speak up for your black, you know, black and brown brothers and sisters, people of color that that suffer from at the hand of police. It's it's just not going to get better. And I do understand, you know, um, comfort, mm-hmm. the comfort in knowing I'm going to have to purposely put myself in an uncomfortable position to for for progress to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to be okay with everybody telling a um a, a racist joke in this environment, which is a microaggression and my black friend is there and they don't feel like they have their own agency to speak up. You ever cry a whole lot? Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how I cry. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> with better help, you can cry with a licensed professional. I have to be honest. On this show, we obviously talk a lot about therapy. We talk a lot about edifying yourself. We talk a lot about taking care of yourself, your feelings, your resentments, your fears. Da, 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 da. And I realize a lot that not everyone has time to drive to a therapist. Not everyone. I mean, they're so expensive. The reason I love BetterHelp so much is because you get to do it in your own home on your computer, you can log into your account anytime, send a message to your counselor. I've said this before, my big problem with going to therapy is by the time I get there, I'm already pissed off, I'm stressed out, it takes 45 minutes to drive there, I'm there for an hour, it takes, it's like three hours door yeah. to door. Now and I have an anger management issue that I didn't have before I went to a therapist. It's gonna cost more money. Uh, yes. This is great because BetterHelp is not a crisis line, it's not self-help, it's professional counseling. So you don't, you can do it you don't have to fill your worst to call in. You can call in whenever you want for a check-in. It's therapy over. What else? I mean, and this service is where available. Where was this when I was twenty and dating narcissists? 
It's available worldwide, this service. Con committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. See, that's amazing because I always have a hard time. Also, we should do BetterHelp service dogs because Mona is auditioning right now. Hi, Moni, what are you doing? Yeah, you always have a hard time figuring out if the counselor you have is right for you. And this way they're helping you figure that out for you. What do you want, Moni? And it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available as well. Hold on, Mona. Sorry, my dog is really wanting to jump on the table. Uh, <laughs> but I have been to therapy, so I'm not apologetic. I am not uh, ashamed. It is what it is, and I'm in acceptance. Um, you know, I just think it's so important. So many of these podcasts are talking about therapy and how to improve your life and improve your relationships, improve your self-esteem and self-worth with no actual solution. That's what BetterHelp does. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Whitney. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of experienced professionals. Special offer for Good For You listeners gets 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Whitney. I'm, you know me, I like to go off book here. Stop being crazy. There's no excuse anymore. Okay, I'm talking to some of my girlfriends, talking to some of my guy friends, and they are just like, same problems for 15 years. Pull it together. Break the cycle. Get better help. It's enough. You can't call people crazy anymore. Oh, what do I say? Nuts? Get help. <laughs> better help. All right, what have I been texting you lately, Benton, that I need? Smoothies. Vitamins. Vitamins. <laughs> Vitamins. And I get so, I don't know why I get so overwhelmed I mean, I've talked about it on the podcast. I do not feed myself well. I'm not good at it. You know, like I'll pick one thing to eat for like a month. Yeah, you love a cracker and a smear. <laughs> like, and I just, I'm so bad at like just having a variety of foods. Thank God for what? <laughs> Daily harvest. I'm obsessed with these things because they're so good. I want to be really healthy, but I also have absolutely no patience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are easy, and it's already in a cup. There's a little straw hole and everything. So it's basically it because I'm like, ah, I'll go to the store and I'll get freaking blueberries, and I'm like, ah, shoot, I forgot the raspberries. Yeah, I'm like Benta, can you stop and get a banana? And then I'm like, oh shoot, now the raspberries are are spoiled because I like I can never <laughs> get like a rhythm down of getting a bunch of different. I, I, it's, yeah, you I also know. leave your fruit on the counter a lot. Which I is know. I'm so thing. bad at it. Like I feel like these were made for me. Well, they're, these are they're fresh, clean food. They're already they're pre like pre-made. Yeah, you just put them. You. I'm for those of you listening. I'm holding one up that was in my fr uh, freezer just now. It's all pre-made, already in the cup. Yeah, you just add whatever like liquid you want, water or like it's a, like the go milk the go gurt of uh, 2020. <laughs> yeah, and then you blend it up and you put it back in here and you go with it. Never uses preservatives. No added sugar. No artificial ingredients. They work directly with farms and they freeze organic fruits and vegetables at peak ripeness to lock in nutrients and taste. I actually learned about these like a, uh, a couple months ago. My friend Leslie Grossman uh, was using them um, on her Instagram. And I was like, what is that? Because all it's just so easy. This My favorite one is cacao and avocado. Yes, my favorite one. Hold is... on. I'm not done oh, yet. God. I Don't cut me off. I have energy. <laughs> you have I a have, lot to say. I have nutrients now because I have a daily harvest in my bloodstream. Cacao, coconut, avocado, zucchini, pumpkin seed, dates, pea protein. Like, I feel like if I eat this, I don't have to stress the rest of the day because I feel like when I'm not 
eating just like one of these every morning, I have to do math the rest of the day. I'm like, okay, I had two grapes and then I had a lima bean like two weeks ago and like I had a zucchini <laughs> chip two days. So I feel like I've got enough iron. Like I'm always <laughs> doing math wondering and then I need to take like a fish oil pill to fix that. Like I'm always stressing out about whether I've had too much or too little and then it takes up so much real estate in my brain. If I just have one of these every morning, I feel like a box checked. Have one of these. Have my Prozac. I'm set for the day. I don't they are that. great. I love the carrot and cinnamon smoothie. But to be clear, they don't just have smoothies, guys. They also have soups, harvest bowls, flatbreads, and more. They have a lot of, like, if you want to snack throughout the day on something healthy, they have these as well. And like I said, they Ooh. they never use preserve. Like I said, they never use preservatives. Like I said, can you not? The audience is listening. They don't. You don't need to. <laughs> they're not ignoring you. You know. So as I said, um, <laughs> they never use preservatives, added sugar, or artificial ingredients. They work directly with the farms, and they freeze organic fruits and vegetables at peak ripeness. I like this one: oats, raspberry, blueberry, dragon fruit, and mulberry. <laughs> this is another one I like. I look at my skin. I look good. I look great. I look amazing. I think it's because I'm having all these vitamins. That is probably true. They are delicious. Organic raspberries, organic dragon fruit. Yeah, it's bringing out my inner dragon. Maybe. And they're also committed to minimizing their environmental impact. They're in the process of transitioning to 100% compostable, recyclable packaging and are over 50% of the way there already. You know what I did with this the other night? I put some on ice cream. No, she's just, you're just doing your own thing. Then, now huh? what? Now what are you going to say? I'm an outlaw. <laughs> I we get already creative. Knew. I get creative. But I like it because you can kind of do what you want. You can put, you can fill it up with like milk or soy milk or coconut milk, or you can have it cold, or you can put like hot water in it. You can like yeah. do your own thing. You can do your own thing. And they've made it really easy for you to good do Good for kids. Thing. I don't have children, but I imagine this is a really good thing to send them to school with. And then they're going to blend it Make up. Make all their, their friends jealous. They're going to blend it up in their blender at school? <laughs> no, some of these you don't need a blender for. Why are you so jealous of me? I'm just letting you know. DailyHarvest.com and enter promo code GOODFORYOU to get $25 off your first box. That's promo code GOODFORYOU for $25 off your first box at DailyHarvest.com. DailyHarvest.com. Delicious. Truly. Nutritious. Wonderful. I, being in the business we're in, Mm -hmm. and I've heard a lot of white people say, you know, well, no, everyone's... No, none of my black coworkers complain. They're fine. They can't. <laughs> they fucking can't. And so you want to talk about race. She talks about how she always had to be overly polite yep. at work. Dress every day like it's a job interview. Laugh off racist jokes. Try to make my voice quieter. Was told my hair was too ethnic. Yep. So uh, just I think we have, you know... And in Hollywood, I was talking about this the other day, is we do see so many successful black people. We do, a lot of people follow, you know, Kevin Hart and Michael B. Jordan and, you know, Lupita. And and we're like, okay, we're good. Yeah. Oh, it's good. We're done. Right? So this video, which no one can unsee, has, I think, really shooken up that ignorance of like, oh, I thought everything was fine. Look at all these rich, it's it's I'm, 10 of them. But I'm sure if you really, if they ever wanted to really talk about it, mm-hmm. they would talk about it. Yeah. And I think. You know what I'm saying? And this is part of what you're doing with this hashtag. Yeah. Part of what I'm doing with this hashtag is uh, I have a uh, started hashtag called Unmutiny. Um, and it's a black woman founded and led movement. And the intent of it is to end black silence in the entertainment industry 
to hold power structures accountable for suppressing black experiences Mm -hmm. and to confront microaggressions with courage. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a lot of things that we're planning with it, but this first phase of it is really to just get people to tell their stories. Um, It is not a lynch mob. Nope. That's not that's not the point. Witch hunt. Um, It's not a witch hunt. It's not a um, I'm calling you out. It literally bore out of Samantha Ware, who is the one that spoke out uh, against Leah Michelle from what happened with her on the show. Mm -hmm. And I saw a black woman getting attacked because she was telling her truth. And I was like, ah, hell no, no, I gotta, I have to do something. I have to say something. Um, And being, I'm just a funny person. I'm I'm funny and I'm silly. (laughs) And so of course I like put my little gifts up in response. (laughs) Drinking. (laughs) I put my gifts up in response because I've, I've, I've kind of done the done the work to get past and over that. And I never want my life and my story to be entangled or my career to be entangled in somebody else's stuff. Yeah. You know, other people don't want that to be your Google search. That's, yeah, that's the first just thing a, that comes up. It's just not it's it's just not important to me. What was important to me was the stories that I was getting um, from uh, specifically black women who felt comfortable with me to tell their stories about, you know, being on set and certain things that they felt like they felt like they had no say in what they did with their hair. Mm -hmm. They felt like um, they couldn't, you know, call out the little microaggressions that would happen that people don't think it's racism, Mm -hmm. you know, putting on a song and saying the N word in front of a black person because you, you, you know, you want, you know, that that's going to start an argument and they don't want, yeah. you know, to, you know, it's all of those, those, those little things. And so I wanted to create um, a space for these black men and women in the entertainment industry Um to be able to tell their stories and collect them. Yeah, the kind it. of stuff that people are posting yeah. is every white person should read it. Black people know what's going on. <laughs> <They're good. laughs> like, yeah. This is homework for white people. Um, Yvette Nicole Brown. I remember being on set when fans had come visit. One was celebrating a birthday. I exuberantly said, happy birthday. A white male castmate said, uh, the word is birthday, not birthday. Why can't you enunciate? I had a cast member put their entire hand in my hair and practically scratch my scalp. I had just met this cast member about a week earlier when I made my frustration clear in the moment and even wrote an email to him later. His response was, oh, okay. (sighs) Should I talk about one of my theater directors who refused to learn my name and called me it is now the time. I mean, these are... I was so upset that a brother said to me, instead of having a conversation with the employees expressing my concern, a valid concern, as the only black female student in the class while others rehearsed modern materials, I could only be assigned to play a slave in a satire. Christine uh, uh, Social is her um, handle. Continued. I'm sick and tired. More needs to be done in this industry. We are more than just playing slaves. We are more than just playing the sidekick to the white woman. We are leads. We are humans. Black women are more than that. We are capable of so much more. So there, you know, I think again, per your point of, we think of racism as cross burning, saying the N word, 
you know, attacking a black person, allowing this stuff to happen around us and not using our privilege to stop it from happening and to protect the person who doesn't want to push it. You know, I talked to a lot of my black friends who are like, yeah, I never spoke up because I'm I'm just so afraid of coming off angry, of coming off belligerent, coming off difficult, and I don't want to lose my job. I've been literally told that, oh, you know, it's just unfortunate, but, you know, the white girls just, they're, they're not disposable. The black, you know, black and people of color, they're, they're more disposable. That's just the world that we live in in Hollywood. I remember one of my first auditions, big auditions for a show. Um, I walked in and this was the producer call. Um, and I did whatever and got all the laughs and it was really good and I felt really confident and I walked out. Now, mind you, the role that I was going for, I was the only black one. The other, the others were uh, white. Um, and when I walked out, they called me back in and I can hear the producers arguing. And I walk back in and they go, okay, so we, we need you to, um, you know, give it a little more spice. We need you to, you know, give it. And the, the, the one white man that's a producer, he's, he's an actor too. And I cannot, I cannot remember his name or his face, but I know that he was an actor. Um, and he was just like, this is ridiculous. He was pissed and he spoke up. He was like, this is ridiculous. I'm not sitting in this room for this. And he walked out. And, you know, I was like, I think I was like 13 mm. or 14 years old. So I didn't. Child, your child. Yeah, I didn't really understand what that was about. But they were like, you know, like kind of urban, like, you know, how the black girls like give me a little neck and give me a little. And I'm just I do remember thinking, well, did they ask all the white girls that were out there to do that? Or is it just, you know, me? And so I just did it because I, you know, I wanted the job. I was told by a hair person, um, my my natural hair is is really thick and curly. And I was told by uh, the he head of hair that um, I said, oh, for the for the gallery shoot, I'm going to wear, you know, my own hair. And, and they told me. It would just be easier for us if you would just wear a war wig. This the gallery shoot is like for the billboard, <laughs> for all the stuff you see in ET, the big important one. Instead of finding someone, the biggest fight when I was in the middle of, um, I created a show, and you know when you get in the middle of um, the contracts and stuff, and mm -hmm. what will be allocated to whom. They were okay with the producer credit that I wanted, you know, the creator credit, all of that stuff they're okay with. But when it came down to hair, it was like the fight of the century. Yep. I've I've been on shows where a black cast member shows up and the makeup and hair people don't do black makeup or hair. It's a thing. A lot of hair and makeup people do not know how to do black hair and makeup and it and it, what's more fucking white centric than that and it's and it's i was like so this is the thing you guys want to fight me on 
Not the percentages or the points that I want. About the budget <laughs> for it or the, your hair, getting your hair person getting there. Getting my hair person yeah. or getting approval mm-hmm. of the hair person mm-hmm. that you guys, getting tests and you guys picking a couple of people and me being able to have approval. Because mm-hmm. it's not fair that I would have to do my own makeup. Mm-hmm. It's not fair that I would have to do my own no. own hair. No, you're and, not getting paid for that. And for you to not understand why that is important and how I present myself, mm-hmm. or for you to not care. Mm-hmm. I mean, I worked on something where there was a rain machine and there was a black girl. I was like, I'm not going under the rain machine. <laughs> and everyone was like, why not? Yo, that's then, then that's she, real. Then she had to fight. <laughs> she had to be, quote, difficult. She's holding things up because people didn't take the time to understand or didn't watch Chris Rock's documentary, whatever it was, to educate themselves about it. Yeah. And then she had to, you know, it. we're kind of at a point where in white feminism, when you set a boundary, ask for something, you're a bad bitch, you're a boss. Right. We're not at that place with black woman, women where they feel like they can advocate for themselves without feeling like they're angry. Well, that's why black women, most black women don't subscribe to feminism. Yeah. Oh, the Women's March, first Women's March. I learned that the hard way. Went down to the Women's March, not one black woman. Not. I was like, uh, wait, what's happening? One. It was like we put up the black <laughs> the black woman bat symbol. Like, we ain't going to this shit. <laughs> and then I went, I called a girlfriend of mine who's black, and I was like, hey, where are you? She was like, uh, uh-uh. white women jumped the line, is what she said. You go first, and, I was and like, we will sip. We will sip, and we will see. <laughs> And then I went to the second women's march and there were five black women there and they were holding signs that said white women are why Trump is president. (laughs) I was like, damn, okay, copy that. Yeah, it's, um, you know, right now, you know, there's a lot of like I said, I'm I'm more of a person that likes I'm a healer. Like I want. I want unity, but before we can get that, we have to know what we're unifying. Mm. We have to understand what is going on. Mm. And um, I I was trying to find, okay, where do I fall on the spectrum of activism? Mm. I'm I'm a nerd. I like to read. I like knowing facts and Mm -hmm. figures and, you know, percentages. And, okay, I love to be, I love being able to explain things to people. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a teacher. Um, I'm a singer. My voice. Oh, we know. The, the, <laughs> oh, we know. The gift that the gift that God gave me heals and settles. And I know that about about myself. I was a funeral singer. I had a funeral singing career, okay? Because people were like, your voice is just so healing. I'm it like, is. okay. So I, I, I had to figure out where I fell on the spectrum of activism and for me why i say like celebrity activism really isn't for me she just yeah you tweeted that because i i don't care about the optics of it right it does it a lot of it feel performative and yes. clout clout chasing can i ask you a dumb question when does it not feel performative <sighs> i mean like okay that's helpful i'm i can only i can only say for myself um oh yeah one black person's answer doesn't represent all yeah. black people's answers. Yeah, I can only say for myself, like, first of all, all skin folk and kin folk. So just because a black person is doing it doesn't mean that it's right in this that movement. Nora, Zora Neale Hurston? Yes. So you need to know that. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, for me personally, it's it, it's the intention behind why I'm doing it. Mm. And everything that I do, I talk to myself and I'm like, are we doing this for optics? Mm. Or is our heart in the right place? Mm. Who is this going to help? How is this going to help them? What is going to be the resolution? Everything that I do, I want it to be resolution-based. Yeah. Which is why we had that six-hour uh, strategy meeting yesterday for Unmute Me. Because there has to be a solution. Mm -hmm. It can't be, you know, if, you if you're going to put out this frustrating and fiery energy, mm -hmm. then we have to be able to hone it mm -hmm. and, and put it somewhere constructive. And that is that is ultimately the goal. I think it gets performative um, when you just show up to take a picture and go home. I think it gets that was happening a, quite a bit on yes, Sunday. Yeah, and they, I think it gets performative um, when you shoot a music video in front of in a march where it should have been a vigil For and and about Brianna Taylor. Whose, kill, whose killers are still not. Still free. They're still walking around here free. Um, I think it gets, and that's just my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, I think it just gets, it gets performative when there's no risk. When you're not, when you're not afraid of losing something, when, when you're afraid of losing something. So you choose to be on the safer side of things. And just while we're talking about it, if uh, that pissed you off to hear that about Brianna Taylor, call Louisville Mayor Greg Fisher at 502-574-2003 and demand the, to fire the officers who murdered Brianna Taylor. You can call the Attorney General Daniel Cameron mm -hmm. at 502-693-5300 and demand he charge the officers who murdered Brianna Taylor. Another number. Yep, I got them all. They'll all be on my Instagram <laughs> when this is out. There's really no excuse. I'm making it super easy for you guys. Um, you can send an email if you want to send an email instead. Attorney.general at ag.ky.gov. Listen, they all know me by now. <laughs> I have time. I will sit and redial and redial. I don't care if you guys got that thing off the hook. I'm going to get through eventually. Does it... Um, <laughs> Dumb question. I'm asking them. Not scared. It's time for white people to embarrass They're not themselves. dumb questions. Embarrass yourself. That's, Be wrong. They're not dumb okay? questions. Okay? I'm white. I'm fragile. But I got to get over making this about my fragility. <laughs> Is it frustrating to have to deal... Such a dumb question. To have to deal with this every day and also on top of that have to be an activist? Um... This is a white, I mean, Wanda Sykes said it. This is white people's problem. This is our problem to solve. The victims are now having to solve the problem of the perpetrator. It's. It's painful. Mm -hmm. um, it's frustrating but it's it's more painful because it's willful ignorance mm. at this point. Mm -hmm. Um I don't know if you've ever <laughs> had a situation where you were trying to get somebody's attention for a really really long time like hey married men hello, in my 20s, yes. Hey, hi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Casting directors for HBO? Yeah. <laughs> My, and, de my dead dad's approval. Yeah. Oh no! 
Kitty cat mom. Fine. That's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> My point was... It just becomes it's it's that feeling of okay now everybody wants to listen and that's great because it's popular so mm. there was a there was a time where Black Lives Matter was a radical which I'm not I am not affiliated with the organization I want to make that clear mm-hmm. my opinions are my own mm-hmm. um uh but uh um there was a time where hashtag Black Lives Matter or saying Black Lives Matter was radical yeah now it's popular. Because as as in the we, zeitgeist, as clout. We, as we've seen with with black culture over time, a lot of things happen with black culture first that are demonized until until someone white comes along and Columbus is that shit, and then it's popular. So there's Black Lives Matter was once radical. Mm. Now it's not radical anymore. Everybody's saying Black Lives Matter. It's the popular thing to do. Mm. It's popular to, you know, go down to the march and have your signs and all this Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. It's very popular to do it. We have to move past now Black Lives Matter and move into the real work. This isn't a trend. It's not a trend. Mm -hmm. It is not a moment. It's a movement. Movement means we have to be moving forward. It's permanent change. That means every day we have to be figuring out what am I going to do today? Mm -hmm to fight white supremacy? What am I going to do today to to amplify the voices of those that know what the fuck they're talking about? What am I going to do today to teach myself? I, you know, there's so many white people that are like, I'm talking to that are like, I don't know what to do and I don't know if I should post or shouldn't post. I'm like, what is the, confu- just repost someone that needs more followers, mm-hmm. repost people that do know what they're talking about. And you they- don't have to put in your own words. You don't know, you don't know. <laughs> You should not be. I'm agonizing over this caption. People ask me to proofread their captions. I'm like, just retweet Brittany Packnett Cunningham. Just retweet other people. That's my girl. Yeah. I told Brittany, I was like, love her so much. You're my mentor. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. I'm following you. I, I annoy I her. I post her shit. I annoy her every day. <laughs> I love Britney. She's so great. Um, there's a, actually something really cool going on. Um, the share the mic. The share the mic. Mm-hmm. Um, where white women are are lending their Instagram mm-hmm. to um, black women mm-hmm. to amplify their voices and to be able to talk about things that are going on. Letting them take over their whole yeah. feed. And 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 honestly, it's 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 all 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 in an effort to even the playing field. Mm-hmm. You know that dumbass tweet that. Um, Terry Crews put out about black supremacy. Black supremacy does not exist. Shut the fuck up. Mm. That dumbass tweet is is what we're what we're trying to be. It's, it's about equity and equality. That's, right. That's what we're fighting for. Mm-hmm. We're not fighting to be a ahead or above white people. We're just fighting to the point where we can all just understand that we're people mm-hmm. and we all bleed the same blood. David Oyelowo just said it so concisely and clearly. We just want a piece of the pie we helped make. It's it's and and it's and I and because I mean it was even some of this stuff with systematic racism and all that was ingrained in me. You know, I fell I fell on the the side of well, black on black crime until we you know get together, they're gonna they're not gonna respect us until we start respecting one another. No, that's bullshit. Crime is a result of not having the same opportunities and the same education, the same after school programs and mental health resources. It's like that's not addressing the root of the no, problem. Not what, addressing when it. your only option in life is crime, 
You're going to you're going to and black on black crime doesn't exist just like white on white crime doesn't exist and Asian on Asian crime doesn't exist. It the numbers that people are seeing are the stats because of proximity. Mm -hmm. We are in black neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. Therefore, usually when it's a violent act, it is against another black person. Mm -hmm. If you are in a white neighborhood predominantly white neighborhood usually if there's violence it's going to be against another white person so that is not an excuse it's just who's close by it's literally who's close by like and that is and i felt so dumb when i realized that because i was like that's kind of common sense it's just math <laughs> it's just a math thing that's, a, <laughs> that's common sense yeah nope that's what i'm using common sense i'm going to use that from now on there's something i read that was really um <laughs> i hate the word powerful um but when there were the protests going on, which I'm going to call bullshit on the media right now, the, the, the because websites and news media, uh, that sounded weirdly alt-righty, um, are so about clicks and so about Absolutely. views, they're only covering the drama yeah. and the negativity. These These protests, for the most part, although some blind spots and some not reading the room, like the... Majority of these have not, they're just playing one clip about someone breaking a window, you know, yeah. and that's it. So it's like projecting that to everyone. That, that that's every. That these are riots. Like, it's just not true. Um, but one of the protests would kind of turn into a march. They made very sure to go into Bel Air. There was a huge conversation about the, they're coming to Bel Air. We need to board up all the That's houses. why they were afraid. And. The purpose of that was to make rich white people uncomfortable so that they knew what it was like on some level, a modicum of what it is like to be black every day. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're uncomfortable for four hours? Yeah, black people live like this every single day, right? So that was intentional. And I think people were kind of missing the point of that. Yeah, it wasn't to go. It wasn't to go down and destroy anything yeah. no one wants your found that's that that's not but also understanding like what i said before when people we're looking at the symptom when we really need to be paying attention yep. to the problem yep, yep, yep. the symptom is yes people steal the symptom is yes there is violence in our neighborhoods the symptom is yes some people are not getting proper education mm -hmm. in ingle at inglewood high school one of my friends um son's was going to Inglewood High School, they share books and they can't take the books home and they Xerox pages to read. And these are teachers taking money out of their own pockets to do this. Mm -hmm. So you want to tell me defunding doesn't exist? You've defunded education in these impoverished neighborhoods time after time. Mm -hmm. They're getting less and less. Mm -hmm. They're, the parks are abysmal. Right. Where kids, when I was growing up, were beautiful. Yeah. I grew up in Compton, California. And I I had a, a better view of going out and being a kid, even though that there, there was violence and gang violence and all of that. And we can even get deeper into that. But I'm not going to even... I'm not going to even... <laughs> I'm not going to even go there because we will literally be here for hours. Yeah. But I think uh, people's main takeaway is check your privilege. Check your privilege. Understand that you have it. And know that we just want you to recognize it. It doesn't mean that we hate white people. No. Yep. It doesn't mean that, you know, we think white people are bad and you know what I'm saying. But we but we need you to understand that you 
also are operating in the system and benefiting from it. And it might be subconscious. Mm-hmm. That, it, like if if I, like I think you know it's important to read this uh, tweet from uh, Dwayne Reed R E E D. White supremacy won't die until white people see it as a white issue they need to solve rather than a black issue they need to empathize with. Mm. So there's a little bit of this sort of white savior, like, oh, I'm so sad about this. I'm so I'm talking to a lot of people that are so upset about it. It's like no one needs you to be up. They need you to do something. Yeah. Just, just like you being sad. It, you're just making this about you. Um, and uh, the way Robin D'Angelo defines white fragility is the inability of white people to tolerate racial stress. This leads white people to weaponize their hurt feelings and being indignant and defensive when confronted with racial, 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 racial inequality and injustice. Sorry, I get so nervous reading these quotes. Wait a minute. Are we, are we, are we <laughs> now going to call racism Rachel? Rachel, <laughs> Rachel inequality. Rachel's upset. <laughs> Is that something? Rachel injustice? Is that something that's happening? Rachel feels attacked. Rachel has posted the black box on her Twitter. She has posted a selfie of herself at Black Lives Matter. And you're Rachel. Rachel cannot handle these attacks. Rachel injustice, (laughs) Rachel discrimination is about Rachel. Gold. Oh my God, that is so funny. I think that when I see white facility, I think of a girl named Rachel. So it's just like... I was like, Rachel? Who is Rachel? I was, by the way, reading MLK Quotes letter from a Birmingham jail the other day with David Oyelowo on and I kept stuttering. I kept stuttering. Just I was so nervous reading an MLA quote, MLK quote in front of him and I just kept fucking it up. <laughs> And then as I was reading it, I saw two lines down that the word Negro was coming up. And I was like, oh, shit. I was in such I was in such a panic. You can you can hear me stutter. I'm like, and then the and I looked at him like, can I say like, it was awful. It was awful. But fine. Fuck it. I'm happy to be Rachel today. Wendy, I want you to not be so nervous and scared. It is this. This white fragility thing, I, I, I get what she's talking about because I think there's this perfectionism. I want to be perfect anti-racist. I don't want to come up. I don't want to make any mistakes. We have to make mistakes right now. We have mm-hmm. to be able to fuck up. Mm-hmm. We have to be able to go, you know what? I, I, I think I handled that wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I, you know, it's interesting because I was thinking about your hashtag and, and having worked in writers rooms and run TV shows. And look, I, I was an EP on Roseanne, I'm, you know, um, it's been a tricky road before the tweet, before the tweet, before the tweet. I left before the tweet. <laughs> what if you just got him and left? <laughs> before the tweet. Oh, but I found myself when I, you know, black people that worked at the shows I was on, I found myself like, overly compensating to try to make sure they were comfortable and represented to a point where it was almost like patronizing yeah. and annoying. And I was actually making them work harder. I didn't even realize. So it's like, we're in a writer's room and I so badly wanted to make sure they felt heard and that they, that, you know, so I'd be like, what do you think? What do you think? I just constantly was forcing them to talk more than they want. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you know, and just Good intentions, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. No one's like I think when people hear white privilege, when they hear white fragility, they 
they think you have bad intentions. So that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about your conditioning. We're talking about your program. We're talking about subconscious racial bias and just being a zombie, going through the world, benefiting, and not even necessarily knowing you're benefiting. You know, 1619, uh, please listen to that podcast. It really helps. Oh, so good. So good. You understand the way we are still haunted by slavery, the way black people are still haunted by going to the doctor, by going out and it's just all of the traumas, the ancestral trauma that has been inherited and health conditions that have been inherited, the constant generalized anxiety and fear and PTSD of like, <laughs> can I go bird watching today without Rachel calling <laughs> the police on me? The daily traumas, you know, and... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and so rachel it's just a i think a very important to realize like no one's saying you're i think white people are so afraid of being called a bad we associate we go you have white fragility you have white privilege you're a bad person you haven't had it hard everyone thinks they've had it hard everyone's had uh, adversity in their yeah. life because the first thing that usually when you talk about um white privilege is they'll say i'm not rich that's not what we're. That's not what we're saying. That's not what we're nope, saying. Nope. But you probably America, do have people are rich. right. <laughs> you probably do have the ability to go into a store and not be followed around, or you can wear the a hoodie feeling go outside that up. Yeah. Or the feeling of going to a store and having to make sure that you greet the person and make eye contact with the security because you don't want them to think that you're coming in here to steal. That is a big thing for me. I was I was yelled at by by someone going into a store with my friends. You guys have to come in here one by one. And I'm like, why? Cuz I had no intention in stealing. Yeah. And you know, so I'm those, a Lee. I those have money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to steal you. No, like, you know, those little those those little that wasn't even that was blatant racism, but like even the little microaggressions like the touching the hair and, and all of, all of that. And, you know, for white people, it's not about you being a good person or a bad person. It's about you being a person mm -hmm. seeing another person and being able and like, please stop with the I don't see color shit. That's bullshit. I'm something to read you. Everybody sees color. Mm -hmm. You have to not attach judgment to that color and how you react to that person you should be able to see that i am very very black i don't care if they're ghetto i don't care if their vernacular isn't like yours i don't care you know if they got red braids or whatever we have to erase these judgments and these these stereotypes of when we see black people that's what you need to work on it is it is um lazy mm. to to not see color I think, I think white people truly think they nail it when they say that. I'm colorblind. Done. Handled. Like, huh? <laughs> what? Are you actually colorblind? What, like, what are, are you, you talking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ignorant. <laughs> Is the dress gold or blue? <laughs> the game we're playing. It was blue! <laughs> the dress was blue! I don't know. I don't see color. <laughs> I don't see. I, I just saw it in black and white. I don't see. It was blue, damn it. <laughs> Can I read you something Nicki Minaj said? Oh, um, no. Sure. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what happened? No. Don't pit me in a corner, Whitney. <laughs> what are you about? To, what? <laughs> what did she say? Well, it was just about 
you know, we I've been seeing a lot on Instagram. No shade, Barb. No shade. Don't come from my neck. No shade at all. We love Nikki. Just just what? Hey, what? <laughs> Let me start with this. I've been seeing a lot on social media of a quote that just says, love black people like you love black culture. Oh, yeah. You've been seeing that a lot. Yeah. I've, we've also been saying that a lot. And why? What? What is that? help for the people that don't understand what that means what does it mean white people make a lot of money off black culture looking at you music industry Mm -hmm. uh would you like to chime in on that no no if i chime in on that i'm gonna have to name names and i have promised That I wouldn't get in too much trouble. Think today. about it, and I'm gonna read this Nikki quote, and we can cut it out if you want. Nikki says, "Come on, you can't want the good without the bad. If you want to enjoy our culture and our lifestyle, bond with us, dance with us, have fun with us, twerk with us, rap with us, then you should also want to know what affects us, what's bothering us, mm. what we feel is unfair to us. You shouldn't not want to know that." Yeah. Since we've sat down, I've really stopped myself from crying, just so you know. Don't, I mean... Talking about all this shit is really traumatic. I know, I know. I know. And by the way, don't, if don't, if you don't want to, please. But I, I be, regarding be what it is that you just said about the industry, this touches on it a, a, a little bit. Um, but it, I'm, I'm playing this in tribute to Jazz and who she was. Um, Brilliant writer brilliant writer but she talked her shit and it was amazing and this is what she said you want to say nigga but you don't want to be followed around a store you want to say nigga but you don't want to be discriminated on by police you want to say nigga but you don't want to not be able to get a fucking cab in the rain you want to act like you gonna be a nigga then be a fucking nigga and live a nigga life if not then keep that shit out your and fucking mouth and that does mouth. not include jail prison time you <laughs> I mean, that's the music industry <laughs> as a whole. Um, I really have to say I, I appreciate what Justin Bieber posted. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he really meant meant. I don't follow what him. he said. I I I also do Shit. not. But <laughs> um, but you know, Sorry. if you guys didn't know, Whitney, uh, um, she films this in a bunker, so I have no <laughs> Let me service on my phone. Let me get you online whatsoever. <laughs> I'm holding you captive. We're literally in a bunker. Let me get you online. No, we're not in a bunker. No, I forgot to get you online. Hold on, I'm going to do that right now. Um, I yep, you're on. Bam. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Act of anti-racism today. (laughs) No, it's not how it works. Okay, so this is what Justin. um, I I appreciate appreciated what Justin Bieber. What Justin Bieber? I don't know if he needs me. He has 138 million. Like he's good. Justin, how do you spell his name? J U S. Does he have a duck? Is his thing? Yeah. Okay. I think that has something to do... I'm inspired by black culture. I've benefited off black culture. My style, how I sing, dance, perform, and my fashion have all been influenced and inspired by black culture. Wow. I am committed to using my platform from this day forward to learn, to speak up about racial injustice and systemic oppression, and to identify ways to be part of much-needed change. And then he went on to, like, you know, put some people, post some people that he posted usher that's fantastic you know that he admired um yeah people are waking up and 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 it being cool 
is um, a part of people waking up and being more comfortable and speaking out about it. And this is something in the industry that myself and my manager talk about a lot because I'm coming out with an EP finally coming out with original music. And when does it come out? I can't say. Okay, sorry. (laughs) I mean, there was going to be a rollout, but then all of this thing happened. And I was like, it's completely tone deaf. Let's just wait. Completely tone deaf for me to put (laughs) anything out right now. Um, And so we've kind of had to regroup and figure it out. But one thing that we do talk about is how hard it is as a black black artist Mm -hmm. to be an R&B artist that writes and sings what white artists do Mm -hmm. and if people don't understand how the industry works as far as radio you have to you have to um pick a genre Mm -hmm. before your music comes out because that is going to determine which charts you're on and the reason that people usually pick like urban black people pick urban is because they'll they won't put you on the pop charts they just won't They'll put, you know, white people that sing close to R&B music or legitimate R&B music that are written by black artists Mm -hmm. and that are produced by black producers. But if it's a black girl, then it's not going to make it to the pop charts. Is that like... I mean, I I thought this was just straight up racist, but when they didn't put Lil Nas X on the country charts. Yes. It's like, it's it's the same. Or when they... they, um, Got mad when Beyonce sang country on the CMAs. She sang Daddy's Little Girl. She sang that song from um, Lemonade, which was a country song. And mm-hmm. she's she's from Texas. Like, Houston, yeah. she sings, she grew up in country music too. But the CMAs posted her on their page during the awards and people went nuts because of it. And they had to take the tweet down. No. People were upset. Country music is ours, you know. So it's it's in the it's in the music industry. Also, um, there are millions of stories about it. There there are artists that wanted to be artists and ended up becoming writers because the labels were like, "Well, we love the song. We don't know if we can sell you with it, but can we give it to you know X Y Z white girl, white yeah. boy?" And Shania Twain sing it. Yeah. <laughs> Can Shania Twain sing it? Give it to Leanne Ryan. Yeah, that's literally, you know, what happens. And then black people end up becoming, once again, the producers of the culture, but not the face of it. Um, And these are just these are just facts. Like, I feel like when I feel like as a black person, when we talk about this, mm-hmm. things like this, the first thing people want to say, oh, we get it. You're black. You're oppressed. Like we get it. But no, it's not. It's beyond that. I live in a system where I can't fully be myself and speak my truth every day. And like. Or how about that truth? <laughs> and that's, you know, that's the main reason I started Unmutiny. I want black people to be able to feel like they have a place mm. um, where they they can air their grievances and it'll be that energy will be taken and something constructive will happen with it. Um, And I'm going to encourage black actors, uh, producers, anyone in the entertainment space, Mm -hmm. I'm going to encourage you to please continue telling your stories. 
Right now, that is the first phase of what we're doing. Hashtag unmute me. And white and people need stories. to hear it. It's 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 so, you know, it pisses me off that, you know, black people have to do more work mm -hmm. to now. Now I had to live through this. I got traumatized by this. I now have to tweet about it. Like it's it's, you know, the onus is now on white people to learn about that so they can then see it and go, oh, yeah, he just said some that racist joke that everyone's laughing at. Like, I need to do something about that. Mm -hmm. I've dealt with that, too. You know, <laughs> a racist joke said in front of me by somebody that was very powerful that could in my career um, that actually reached out to me because Recently? they're afraid now. OK, not even a joke. I had to get a cavity removed the other day and then they put a little topper on it like a hat, Aww. like a tooth hat. And it hurt so bad. I was trying to do uh, whatever painkillers. I don't think I'm allowed to say which ones like over the counter ones. Nothing worked. And then I was texting with my ad sales guy because I complained. If I'm in pain, everyone's going to know about it. <laughs> and he was like, why don't you use that caliper blog post? Yeah, that's CBD. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God. And I put the caliper CBD uh, in my tea. Felt better literally within 20 minutes. Swear to God. That is pretty amazing. I mean, it is some good stuff. CBD. The problem with most CBDs. Sorry, I'm going to cut you off. No, do it. I'm, I'm going to let you finish in a second. <laughs> but most of them taste just like weird and swampy and nasty. And like this one. Uh, it's 20 milligrams in each little, they're little packets so that you're not doing too much or too little. You're not going to overdose yourself on them. It's a powder that's totally tasteless and mixes in. I just yes. put in tea, couldn't taste, it just tasted like delicious lavender It and honey. is very, very tasteless. No I put, residue, no like nasty film. I'm not going to lie. I did put mine in Diet Coke <laughs> and then drink it with a straw. That's a party. Yeah. And it was, not only was I healthy, but I was I felt great. <laughs> but I also, yeah, cancels it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I am probably going to get in trouble for saying that. They're going to go, you can't legally say that. <laughs> but um, no, I also have a little bit before I go to bed. I'll have a little bit with like a smoothie before I go to bed. When I want to have my like nutrients, I'll put a little CBD powder in there. Sometimes I actually put some in. <laughs> I'm getting crazy in quarantine. I put some in almond. Uh, do you know that chocolate pudding I eat? Yeah. Almond chocolate. I put like a little. I know CBD. all about pudding. You can put it. <laughs> you can put it in pretty much anything you put in your coffee. It's just like good for anxiety. See, it's good for stress. Not that anyone out there has anxiety or stress right now. I like to pour it in my hand, walk up to strangers, just blow it in their face. <laughs> <laughs> I like to is order that, a Postmate when they show up. I'm like, legal? Oh, everyone would be so much more fun if you could just like blow some CBD at them. The most interesting thing about them, though, is I didn't really realize this until I read on their package that your I knew your body's mostly water. That I knew. But, you know, oil and water don't mix. And Mine is CB mostly CBD, but okay. <laughs> CBD oil is no different. Yeah. Benton, I don't know if you know this. <laughs> just read the word. I got it. <laughs> it's clinically proven that you absorb 450% more CBD with caliper CBD powder compared to tinctures that oil's not even absorbing yeah the caliper cbd comes in affordable 10 to 30 count packs um it's in also thc free so you're not getting you're not hallucinating yeah. you're not getting high i always like to say that it's not additive it's just subtractive like it doesn't make me high it just takes away my stress and anxiety and Ooh. that like i'm not on that hamster wheel of like what's gonna happen and like i'm not like that's good way to that was stupid i shouldn't have said that like it just like takes away a little bit of the nasty inner monologue and the, and the tooth pain, at least for me. And I also like to do it after I work out. When I do my post-workout drink, I'll just put a little CBD in there. Little, little yeah, and I like to do it before CBD. I work out. That way it feels like I'm on a cloud. Um, 
20% off your first order when you use the promo code Whitney at trycaliper, C-A-L-I-P-E-R.com slash Whitney. You can try Caliper CBD risk-free for 30 days. If you don't love it, they'll give you a full refund. I promise you, you will love it. That's trycaliper.com slash Whitney. Don't forget promo code Whitney for 20% off your first order and enjoy the rest of the pandemic stress-free. This episode is brought to you by Hast. Whitney, did you know that Hask is the... You mean Hask? <laughs> yep, that's the, the one I mean. stuff that I just brought in here from my bathroom because I actually use it? Did you know that it's used more than any other uh, yes, I know. Why product do you think on I Hollywood have it? film and TV set? Why do you think I have it? I Everybody's obsessed with my hair. I've become a hair icon in the last couple months, and I totally think it's because of this dry shampoo. It's amazing. The charcoal one, this one... That one is gorgeous. Is the shit. Can I tell... I don't know if we're allowed to curse in these it ads. It is good. <laughs> It's real good. <laughs> it is the crap. <laughs> it's so good. Purifying dry shampoo. Okay, this one I use. Bef- this is a little trick I learned. I do it when my hair is wet, and then I dry it. And then for the rest of the week, I do the thickening dry shampoo. Um, shampooing set. I can't speak French, um, but there's some French on the bottle. I've started wearing this, and I'm going to tell you something. Not only have I become an iconic sex symbol, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell us more. Because of how voluminous and messy my just like bed head, like, like, did she just have sex or like, did she just come out of a tornado or a wind tunnel? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is, but I just want to marry her. She in a hair metal band? Who knew? And my lover that I have taken, he is always like, what perfume is that? And I'm like, boy, it is Hask. Also, you have really dark hair and these never leave that white residue on <gasps> your hair. That is which so is key. The most important a thing. A lot of these dry shampoos, you do it and then you go out and people look at you like you're crazy and you come home and you realize that it looks like you just like threw a bunch of baby powder on your head. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. And I've been using the shampoo and conditioner that has biotin in it. I'm actually using it for you guys not watching. That's just hearing. That's I haven't turned into a snake. That's our snake. Color safe, free of sulfates, parabens, artificial colors, no gluten. It's formulated to meet the needs of your specific hair type. Also cruelty-free. We love it. We love to see it. And because they're uh, ingredient-inspired fragrances, they smell incredible. That is, I'm, I, they people, truly smell incredible. like, stop me on the street. People smell it through their face masks. They're like, ma'am, what, I've been <laughs> yeah. asked what my perfume was, and it is actually just Hask. Hask tea tree oil and rosemary invigorating co- uh, collection. And uh, here's the here's the bad news. Uh, using Hask does not make you more literate or more able to read no. copy, as you can tell but <laughs> by my stuttering. The tea tree oil and rosemary collection, invigorating collection. Tea is tree their, yeah, oil. Tea tree. That's their new one. It's yes. their new one. It's really good, too. I know, but you stuttered, so I just wanted to If clarify. you use a lot of products like we do on our hair, yes. that will get you right I like together. it. It makes it thicker. Uh, just like, and, and then you can kind of style it without doing anything. Do you know what I mean? It starts to become just very malleable. Um, <laughs> pro- <laughs> you just, I just quit washing your hair and only- <laughs> I t- kind of did. It kind of looks amazing. Like, I can sort of do this, like, side swipe vibe. Um, it does Remember look when great. Jen Aniston did that thing when she sort of twisted it and it just, I don't know. Yeah, it's very body audio. evolving. Very body audio. Very uh, Albuquerque. Cruelty-free. Uh, I already said that. Hass Tea Tree Oil and Rosemary Invigorating Collection and other Hass products are available on Amazon.com as well as online, in-store at Ulta, Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and CVS. We are excited to announce that Hask is now hosting, oh, this is awesome, weekly giveaways for our listeners where you can win a $100 prize pack that includes shampoos, conditioners, leave-in sprays, dry shampoos, and more. For your chance to win, I want this. <laughs> are we allowed to enter? <laughs> enter the giveaway at haskbeauty.com slash Whitney. And look how, by the way, 
Look how big the bottles are. Yeah, they last you, literally I know, so long. That's what I hate about dry shampoo. You use it like twice and it's done. For your chance to win, enter the giveaway at haskbeauty.com slash Whitney. The Hask Beauty, sorry, that's haskbeauty.com slash Whitney. And we thank them for sponsoring this podcast and for making a product I like to use that makes me so sensual and sexual and attractive to men. There was a quote in Queen and Slim, Lena Waithe wrote it. Mm. Um, and he said, she was just talking, the girl was talking to him, the character, about black excellence. And he said, why do black people have to be excellent, excellent all the time? Mm. How come we just can't be? Like, why do we have to, like, strive? Because we, we really do. I mean, like, I went so hard in everything that I did. Like, yeah. My parents made it very known to me. You're going to have to overachieve mm -hmm. to to seem like you're on the same you know playing field so you're gonna have to go beyond you're gonna have to take more classes mm. you're gonna have to learn opera you're gonna have to learn be classically trained and be able to sing gospel and be able to sing pop and be able to sing r&b you're gonna have to practice more mm. You know, you're going to have to read and be intelligent and be, you know, well-spoken. And I remember my first my first interview. You're going to have to be well-spoken unless they tell you to be more black. Yes, unless they tell you to be more black. In which case, go be That means. Move your neck around. That means that black people don't speak like this. <laughs> which we do. <laughs> We've always spoken like this in my house. Um, I remember my first interview that I did. Uh, after the interview, the lady goes, she puts her hand on my shoulder. I hate this bitch to this day. <laughs> I see her all the time on TV. I'd be like, she put her hand on my shoulder and she goes, wow, you are incredibly well-spoken. Mm. So eloquent. And I go, thanks. Why are you so surprised? She goes, no, 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 no. It's not like that. I'm, I was just, you know, I said you were surprised because I'm black. Oh, no, that's not what I meant. Had a run in with her again <laughs> on another sh on another different show. We were doing our interview. Something was happening in the background. They were still setting up the camera. And I was looking behind. And she was like, oh, can you look into camera? And I thought I heard somebody say, I said, okay. I thought I heard somebody say my name. And I turned away around again. And she literally took her hands and turned <gasps> my face to camera. And I... I am really from Compton, like, and I don't know if people know this, but all black people have an invisible bubble. Mm -hmm. um, and you pre -COVID. Do not pre-COVID, <laughs> pre-COVID, <laughs> we have always socially distanced. <laughs> it is very disrespectful for you to step into my bubble, but to touch me when I tell you that I, <laughs> my fist, I, my hands were bleeding because my nails were digging so hard into my hands because I wanted to knock this bitch out. Did you honestly just touch my face? Are you out of your mind? Same bitch. And didn't even remember me from the first interview and from the, that interaction that we had because I tried to remind her of it. So she either didn't remember or she played ignorant. Or was ignorant. Or was ignorant. But the 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 fact that you felt comfortable brazen enough yeah to put your hands on my face and turn my head around mm -mm. oh you have lost your mind bitch. lost your mind <laughs> you have lost your mind um but there's some positive things that are happening 
I, I yeah. I know. I don't want to all do you be feel like about this. Can I ask? And we can always cut it. How do you feel about uh, the band Lady Antebellum changing their name to Lady A? They did not take into account the associations that weigh down this world, referring to the period of history before the Civil War, which includes slavery. Oh, so they heard about the movie that's coming out. Oh, is that it? Antebellum. Yeah. What's the name is uh, in it? Um, Janelle Monet. Is, oh, I've seen is that. Playing the lead for mm-hmm. Antebellum. I mean, if that makes them feel more comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Optics, I, I, I mean, <laughs> if it makes me feel like, like I said, like gestures are cool, but like I don't, I, I don't or respond. You don't. Can to I ask gestures. you a question? How do you feel about when celebrities post the amount they donated or that they donated? Is it setting a good example or is it obnoxious and braggy? I, I, I think it's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, hey, look, I did something. Mm-hmm. But I also think that it encourages others to give. I think so, too. I'm I'm very torn on it. I don't know the yeah. answer. And I did something on the podcast where I made fun of celebrities that think a post about donating is a donation. Like when rich celebrities ask people without money to donate from their mansions. They're like, just donate to this cause. I'm like, how much did you donate? Just to be yeah. clear. Like, I think it's okay if you're... If you're saying, hey, like I I said, um, I I actually um, was in D.C. and was walking around because I loved, I just love D.C. I love I'm from there. D- really? Yeah. I love walking yeah. around D.C. And there was this uh, uh, ice cream shop, Southwest Soda Pop Shop. Nice. Um, and it's black owned. Love. And I was just kind of walking around in that part, particular area. I think it was, I want to say it was like the fish market yeah, area. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they were over there. And I'm just like kind of like walking around. And this black girl comes up to me. And she goes, hi, can I get a picture with you? And I said, oh, yeah. So we take a picture. And she goes, well, this is, you know, me and my my family's uh, um ice cream shop and I said oh all right cool I said I'll get some ice cream so I went and got ice cream and they were like trying to give it to me I was like no I want to support black businesses so I like bought my ice cream I was ugly and (laughs) and I bought my ice cream and like I you know recorded it and kind of put it on Instagram was like hey guys I got my ice cream so uh the girl reached out to me that I met um, there and she was like it's a long shot but you know we have a GoFundMe because we're we're trying to stay afloat and because of coronavirus mm. blah 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 so I was like okay how do I I want to let people know about their GoFundMe um, and I'm going to donate but how do I do that without making it making it about me yeah so basically I said hey guys I'm going to donate a hundred dollars and everyone that matches my one hundred dollars I'm gonna send you a private message in your DM that you can save yeah. you know and that they I think they raised like five thousand extra dollars awesome. or something like that awesome. Southwest soda pop shop awesome and 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 I felt like that was a way to do it to where people knew mm-hmm. that I was actually giving yeah um and it's also a way of sending the message like hey you can do this too a hundred dollars like you know yeah. just stop I actually gave more than that but yeah I, <laughs> but I, I didn't want to yeah I, that's you weird to I mean? me I don't mean to, I, it's that's, weird it's weird to me there's so much shame around money mm-hmm. you know we have so much shame 
And, you know, for me, I've just sort of been in this position where I'm just like, do I donate the proceeds? Do I feel like, do I let people know? I donated the amount. Mm -hmm. I, I posted the amount and then I took it down. And then I re like, I just was like, uh, fuck, I just want to set an example that I'm walking the walk without trying to be sanctimonious or bragging or performative and like <laughs> you guys we have to talk to Whitney about her white guilt we have to like figure out how we also have to talk about my eyeliner brand because it's getting in my <laughs> it is your eyes have been watering since you sat down no I've been crying that was emotion no, that, was, emo that was emotion now it's the fucking makeup because I think you made me cry and now it's all <laughs> going down my face and I look like fucking Marilyn Manson. No, it doesn't. Um, it's not going down your face at you all. Sure? It's not. Okay. It's not going down your face. You keep doing this though. So now I, you have what, this is now you have that. winged eyeliner. <laughs> blue wings. <laughs> this is such a desperate look. You yeah. have a blue wing. Okay. I know I keep doing this. Well, because my makeup is wax. I use wax makeup. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what, what that about, was. Special effects makeup that I got on a movie that they use on a movie. So it's wax. So you just can move it around. I'll get you some. Uh, you <laughs> I really want it. <laughs> you can move it around. It's wax space, though. This is for like horror movies. Like, That's when they cool. Make look like yeah. Because the water base dries me out and the oil. Uh, it kind of makes you shiny. I like, well, that's my thing. That's my brand. Okay. Always shiny. Never not shiny. Shiny. Am I so shiny right now? <laughs> you to plead the fifth? <laughs> Stop backing me in corners, okay, Whitney. I'm not that fragile. Does <laughs> my forehead look like an oil spill? Just like lubed up, just KY you jelly? You look dewy. Dewy, dewy. Not shiny. I don't know. I look like a jellyfish, let's be honest. Oh, my goodness. You were talking about some good things that are happening. Yeah, okay, so... <laughs> L.A. Mayor Garcetti. Cutting 100 to 150 million from the LAPD budget to be reinvested in communities of color. Is this good news? <laughs> it's a gesture. Okay. I'm not going to say it. more, please. Okay, more, please. I think this is. I think that because there's little moments. <laughs> My sister is about to die. Cause, Why? Because we had like. Do you want to come? She to has. It? She do has. Do this. Literally heard me going off about this man. <laughs> so. Oh, you were. Much. Of, I saw you in front of his house. Yeah. <laughs> Doing the electric slide that's to right. something else that's extremely funny. My friend, Ken, have you ever met Kendrick Sampson? No, just a fan. Yo, just yeah, a fan. You, he's someone that you would want. Just a fan. He's completely unfiltered. Yeah. <laughs> um, we I were doing like, the. I've been very trepidatious about like sliding into his DMs because I'm just like he's. Been, I see what he's doing every day. Let me let him like sleep eight hours and. I'll um I'll connect you guys. But this is um so look, there's a guy for him on Bumble. I've been looking for him ever. <laughs> so fine, boy is fine. It's crazy. So this guy I complexity on Instagram. He takes stuff that people says and he turns them into like uh -oh. songs. Uh -oh. So we were doing the electric slide in front of <laughs> the the mayor's mansion. Yeah. And this is what we were doing it to. My dad got so mad because. Wait, wait. 
he's nuts. Um, so yeah, my dad is like, fuck the patriarchy, burn it all down, but he does not like me cursing. It's the most bizarre thing ever. Mm -hmm. That is the only thing that he was mad about. He was like, well, if you get arrested, you know, call me. <laughs> but cursing in public? <laughs> does that have to do with, <laughs> like, having to maintain an image? Yeah, I think so. My mom, my mom hates it too, mm -hmm. but it's cool. I, I've had a potty mouth my whole entire life. Mm -hmm. Cursing makes me feel really good. Did, did your parents ever give you a talk of like, I mean, we, you mentioned a little bit before your mm -hmm. mom, you have to be twice as good. You have to take up or you have to mm -hmm. like, was there ever a talk of like, this is how you have to conduct yourself in public. You know, I played the video last week of a, a black teenager. He was uh, saying all the things, you know, don't wear a wife beater. Mm -hmm. Make sure you always have a receipt when you walk out of stores. Don't put your hoodie up. Don't let your pants like all the things were you told um, as a as a girl. Not so much mm. because that is usually a talk that they have with black boys. Mm. But it was it, it's in the comments that your parents make mm. that you download Oh, okay. Mm. People do get followed around in stores. Mm. I remember my mom walked to the grocery store around the corner one day, and we lived in a pro predominantly white neighborhood at this point. And um, she left her wallet. She only had her checkbook. So she wrote a check for our groceries that day, and the guy was just chirping about the check. Like, he didn't even put it in. He was like, oh, um... I would have to call the bank. You know, he was being like he didn't want. Meanwhile, I could have been like, I forgot my wallet. Can I just pay him next week when I come? <laughs> like, sure, yeah. Yeah, so it's those little. That you saw. You know, those little stories and things that you kind of download as a black girl. Because, you know, black girl's experience is a little different mm -hmm. than uh, black boy's experience. But one thing that is the, that is the same is we have to grow up really fast. Mm. We don't we don't get childhoods like others get childhoods. We have to understand things, um, understand racism and understand how we have to move through the world differently. And and you get it. You you see it, you know. They're <laughs> little black kids being arrested. I just watched a video last night of a little I think he was like Literally, he's sh talking. He was 12. He was 12 years old, and he's literally talking. I'm like, he sounds like Mickey Mouse. How are you arresting someone that sounds like Mickey Mouse? He literally was like, get off my back, man. Like, uh. you know, this little voice. And they put a bag over his head saying, well, he was spitting. And they, he was like, no, I wasn't. And they were like, well, uh, we, we, we don't want to risk it if he spits. So they have him arrested in the middle of on the concrete. With a bag over his head. And there's this, you know, over-sexualization of black women and and, and children. Mm. They're children. The whole thing that happened with Mike Brown and Trayvon Martin. I'm like, you guys are acting like this was a grown man. He was a child. Mm. Mike Brown may have stolen cigarettes or whatever it is that they said that he stole from uh, the place why they stopped him. He's a kid. <laughs> He's He was a kid. Yeah. It's never a... Listen, dumb kid, don't sell weed. Yeah. Don't don't walk around. You're 16. Don't walk around. It's never 
it's 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 never that. And so you want to talk about race. Uh, she talks about how we should challenge the language that stereotypes black and brown kids. How often have you heard people talk of thugs, hoodlums, gangbangers? And known almost immediately they were talking about black and brown youth. Our children are criminalized in casual conversation. Yeah, school was tough. Going from a predominantly black school to a white school, walking home, having a big gulp thrown at me and being called a nigger. A big gulp. Uh, oh, a big gulp. Oh, wow. Big slushy thrown at me being called a nigger. How old were you when that happened? 16. I was 16 years old when that happened. Um... Countless stories of being at that that white school. Countless stories. There was a picture that we said we were bothered by of a black hand holding cotton with the sat with the sun rising in the background in our office. In the office. We were like, take this shit down. <laughs> like, take this shit down. What is I'm not gonna laugh, but that is just beyond it's funny. It is well, funny. It's like it's a cartoon offensive. It's yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> but us bringing it bringing it up was <sighs> yeah, shoe fly. Do you now that you're famous and successful? Do you ever have to deal with the ethical dilemma, moral dilemma of like what parts you are willing to play and what parts feel like I really want a job, but like this is just not. Absolutely. You have to. All the time. And you have and, the added pressure now of having to be a role model and not contributing to these images that, you know, we see of the black best friend or the sassy black or, or whatever stereotype. Yeah, I've kind of I've kind of moved beyond that. Um because it's not even just me being a a black woman. I'm a plus-size black woman also. And that's a, you know, we talk about intersectionality. That's a whole other issue in, in, in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. You know, you think black women don't get leads or Asian women don't get leads or, you know, plus-size women, black plus-size women don't get leads. You may see a, a Melissa McCarthy but you're not going to see or, you know, Queen Latifah because she's gotten her respect in the game. And but you rarely ever see women that look like me that, you know, play leads. But I am very specific with my agent about stuff that I want to go out for. Mm -hmm. I'm like, listen. I don't want to just be the Jiminy Cricket character who keeps the white person from doing something crazy in the movie. <laughs> I call it the Jiminy Cricket effect where the black person is like the moral Always. and the conscious. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> you go to for advice. You go to her for advice. No, you go, well, well, the guy, you go down to the basketball court <laughs> where they're playing basketball mm -hmm. outdoors <laughs> and to ask, hey, I need some advice. The and the Jiminy wise Cricket. sage advice, yeah. And the Jiminy Cricket character, the whole, you know... It's it it, it 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 it's a lot, and I think black people are unfolding it. There's some some black people that are also um, taking their blinders off because it hurts. Mm. It hurts. It hurts to recognize that 
oh, you were disrespected by that person. Oh, you were assaulted by that person. You were made to, that wasn't just a joke. That was a microaggression. Like we have learned, like just like our ancestors taught our great grandparents or grandparents how to just be quiet. Suck it up. and, And, you know, shrink. And then we got a little more liberation. And now it's like, just be satisfied with the fact that you're not, you know, segregated, that you don't have segregated restrooms, that you don't blah, 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 blah. And now it's to it's another era where we're not just going to be satisfied. We want what we want, what we came for, what we were brought over here for. We want we want to be paid. (laughs) We want reconciliation. We want you to help us build community. Kimberly Jones, we don't own anything. We don't own anything. I mean, I just like burst into tears when I heard. It's the kind of thing that as a white person, you just don't ever have to think about that. We don't own anything. We can't build wealth. We don't. On have, a hamster wheel. Have agency. We do not. If Even if you have the money to build the wealth, like people are trying to buy back the neighborhood, you've still got to go through city council to get permits. You still have to deal with the police showing up because it's a crowd of black people and that's a threat. You know, there it's uh, it's 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 a it's hard moving forward two steps and then being pushed back five and then having to push even harder to get, you know, further. And and I don't I don't want white people to see black people as victims. Mm. That's not what it is. This is just our reality. Mm-hmm. We are very resilient people. Um, We just never had the opportunity to really build communities. We have sub-communities. There's New York culture. There's Florida culture. There's California culture. There's Texas culture. Um, But there is no one unified voice all across America of, of black people that are saying, you know, we don't have that one leader we don't have that one voice that we speak to that speaks for us. We just don't have that. Um, and that was done on purpose. Divide and conquer. That that was that was that was done on purpose. Strip them of that, their identity. Give them their identity. Don't let them don't let them ever come together, Mm-mm. which is what's happening now. Which no is, alliances. Which is what's happening now. And I'm really trying to be that person of all these different organizations and all these different protests and all these different, you know, can we all just come together and just yeah, yeah. <laughs> agree? Yeah. Because it's this is this is too much. You have the eight can't wait. Now you got the two can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have defund the police and you got abolish police, which I am an abolitionist. I do believe in abolishing police and I do believe in abolishing prisons. And I think it's important to say You know, when people get overwhelmed by that and freaked out by that, we talked about this last week about the CAHOOTS program in uh, Eugene, Oregon, which was an experiment in sending out mental health professionals Mm -hmm. to de-escalate the situation. Mm -hmm. It's just taking a new approach to this, sending out mental health professionals instead of police with guns first. First responders. That's right. Funding. There are first responders in in every community. Mm -hmm. They don't fund them. Mm-hmm. They fund the police. That's right. We don't need if 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 uh someone that has you know 
autism is having an episode or is bi- yes. bipolar is having an episode. Or a child, or a child is getting a bag put over their head and is stressed out and does not have the tools yet. Yeah, to, to, to manage stress and fear. I that the the person that shows up doesn't need to be a police officer. The person that shows up needs to be someone that is trained to deal with a mental health issue that knows how to restrain without harming and de-escalate and 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 nurses know how to do that yeah my my friend uh sheena she's the she's really funny she's the one that did the really funny video that went viral of telling people like don't bring y'all asses to this hospital if you don't have covid you know she was so fucking fun it was so <laughs> beautiful and we became friends over but instagram I have a right has a rachel has a splinter karen is her mom and she demands to speak to the manager rachel is karen's stepmom <laughs> and she we i had a conversation with her she was like amber i have had hostile patients all the time and not one time has it been reported that they have a mark or a bruise on them. But I banged pans because at 8 we learned. But we. <laughs> I heard myself banging pans. <laughs> I jammed my finger banging pans. Fix it. <laughs> but she's really, you know, she was really helping me even understand the separation in in the hospital business, how they put all the black nurses on the lower floors without all of the supplies and things that they need and up in the NICU with the babies and like all of those, the surgery centers and all of that are where all the white nurses are. So she said, as far as those numbers going up, she said it's nurses that are actually getting sick, black nurses and black workers that are actually getting COVID. (laughs) And that's a big reason why the numbers are going up also. Because we have to work in this environment. She hasn't seen her son in months. She hasn't been no. able to hold her son in months mm-hmm. because she doesn't want to risk, you know, him getting COVID, COVID. if she does or anything, you know, because she's she works in that in actual environment. So so it is very, very possible for um, it's very, very possible for there to be a world where. Uh, police is not the first response. I'll start there. Abolishing police scares people. Mm-hmm. We're going to say defund. They don't know why <laughs> it scares them, but it does. Do they're I mean? like, well, who would protect us? And black people are like, who <laughs> will stop killing us? Yeah. That, they don't, they don't protect, protect us. us. They protect y'all. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. they are there to protect us from you. That is That is the whole way that it was set up get that through your head they're not here to protect us they're here to control us Mm. you know they're not we're we're not even seen as as lives at this point if you can put if that same video came out and it was a dog white people would be pissed this is correct so a friend of mine said (laughs) i didn't want to bring it up i didn't want to bring it up but a friend of mine said the other day i have black friends uh, don't want to brag. Um, people, people say it like, I mean, people throw that. I have black friends. Like that is it. That's it. you like, as if you donated, um, in some way, or you get points for that. Um, he said, if white people just treated black people half as well as they treat their dogs, medical care, healthy food, 
uh, invite they sleep in the bed you know the three hundred dollar whatever if they just treat us half as well as they treat their dogs i mean i treat my dog my dogs are spoiled they're shelters <laughs> for dogs they're and not homeless black people it's um it's a doozy it's a doozy they also think that black women are just being dramatic when we talk about our symptoms they're very much so dismissed um not to mention plus size black women when you go in if you are anything bigger than like a uh, 120 pounds, 110 pounds, they're going to tell you that your root issue is your diet. Uh, that that has happened. It couldn't be to- the inherited ancestral trauma <laughs> that makes my immune system and my cortisol higher. Yeah, like I'm like, no, like when I was dealing with anxiety really bad and I didn't know that my symptoms were anxiety, I was dismissed so much by doctors. I finally had to find a doctor of color. She's in, um, an Indian woman. And she sat down and actually had a conversation with me. Whereas another doctor told me, well, I, I don't understand. What do you want me to do? Because I, I had a migraine for seven weeks. I don't understand what, what it is. I mean, I can give you these, ant- these anti-inflammatories, but honestly, the headaches are probably coming from your diet. I was like, well, I am vegan. By the way, I've had migraines for I, 18 years. No one ever said that to okay, me. Okay, I'm vegan. They were I, like, it's a I actually work out five times a week and really love it. I've recently lost 30 pounds. So I don't think, I don't really think that that's, <laughs> I really don't think that that's the reason that I'm having these migraines. And then then it was it was a mental health issue. And it had a lot to do with what, what was happening just like in the world. That's really what it was. Um... And so, yeah, because it really is neurochemicals, adrenaline, cortisol. That's what migraines are from mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Stress, the when stress my, of just being black. When my nervous system is triggered, my nervous system was. <sighs> it, it, it was on a thousand like my heart was beating out of my chest to the point where I kept going to the ER because I thought I was having a heart, heart attack and nothing was helping. Nothing would calm me down, nothing, until I realized, oh, you're depressed and <laughs> you have anxiety. Um, so then I found, you know, the help that I needed and now I'm okay. But it took me going to multiple doctors telling me, oh, it's just because you're fat. Before I actually sat and talked to someone that listened to me. And that's that's the issue. I mean, I I, I had a um, uh, my mom had a friend that died a year and a half ago because she went to the emergency room and she was having breathing issues. And she was like, no, I know that I have um, asthma, but this is different. Something is different. Something's not right. And they completely dismissed her. They gave her a little breathing treatment, told her to go home, just use your inhaler. And she died as soon as she got home. Because the it, I, I and I and I am in no way like. I know it's kind of like when I was an actor and and we're like three years in um, on Glee and people will be like, so are you excited? I understand that as an as an ER doctor, this is shit you deal with every, all day and you can't emotionally get involved with it or you will be depleted when you get home. I understand. I, I understand from that standpoint. But you this is the job you chose. 
You're and such an angel. That you're going. He's like, I, I understand where you're coming I, yeah, from. Yeah, because you know, you <laughs> I get it. I forgive you. No, because I tried. I, I, you know, I try to be balanced in my in my thinking and and see what a person is, where a person is coming from. Yeah. I always try to have that balance so that I can respond in the correct way, so that the result is what it should be. Mm-hmm. So I do understand that some people need grace and some people need to be cussed the fuck out. Mm. And and you have to be able to <laughs> to to, mm-hmm. to balance and weigh and be like, mm, no, I'm going to cuss you out today. Like, that's that's <laughs> what's going to happen, because this is this is just you being an asshole. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the that's the difference. Um, but, yeah, balance is important. Um, people understanding just to like reiterate some of the things that we said because I wanted to be a teacher and this is what teachers do. Um, just some <laughs> bo- recap. Just some. Am I going to be tested? Just some, <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is, you know, just some bullet points. Black people are not trying to, as Terry Crews said, create black supremacy which does not exist i've never even heard anyone utter those words like he pulled that so far up from out his ass like i i was like black what the what is black supremacy do not get these white people scared thinking that we are trying to achieve black supremacy that is not what's happening you're off message please shut up (laughs) please the tweet was (laughs) uh I'm trying to find the tweet. I stopped following him after the. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, honey. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. There is a couple. When you came nice. out and you just decided that you were going to make a statement, Defaulting, and nobody fucking asked you. Sorry, he writes: defeating white supremacy without white people creates black supremacy. Equality is the truth. We're all in this together. Now, what was the? Somebody actually corrected <laughs> his tweet and sent it to me, and I retweeted it. <laughs> but it's like, okay, I understand what you're saying uh, about, you know, defeating white supremacy without white people. It, it, it it's the it's the wording that was bothersome to me, because what you're what you're trying to do is make it seem like. We need to uh, beg Massa. Oh yeah, to <laughs> to to <laughs> defeat white supremacy. To, yeah. So so be, or, or else we gonna rise too high. Can you? And that's not equal. Scroll up a little bit. Um, a hundred and fifty thousand likes. And you see, and you know what I'm saying. This is the shit, and that's why I was like, I I responded to this, and I said, black people do not do this. This is not on message of what is trying to be accomplished. I think it's important to, as I said the other day, if black people were going to fix this themselves, it would be fixed. White people need to get involved. White people need to solve this problem. But saying it's black supremacy if like white people don't what's this just doesn't make any sense that's some that's old it's an old thing to say. Yeah, yeah. old guy. Like I've never I've literally never heard black supremacy ever in my life. Like, I've never gone to any rally or any council meeting or any town hall meeting and anybody walk up and be like, the the goal is black supremacy. <laughs> we are at a complete deficit in that regard. That is not fucking going to happen. That's not. So, But if you're saying we need our, our, our allies to be involved in order to fight white supremacy because that is equality. Tweet it. That I can, tweet that it. I can agree with. 
I can agree with that. But you trying to make it seem like it's this we're black people. You you're you're we're making pushy. it. Yeah, you're making it a fearful space. You're making it seem like it's a fearful thing to black for mm. black people to come together. That's not that's not the message at all. So I don't know. I don't know what that man is on. I, all I know is when he came out during the Me Too movement um, about. Uh, his balls getting grabbed. I was going to say being a sexual and assaulted. Sorry. But, you know, Whitney is Whitney. <laughs> so she's going to say his balls being grabbed. Um, black women were the ones that had his back. Black men were making fun of him. And <laughs> Madison, shut up. <laughs> black men were making fun of him like, you couldn't, you big, you couldn't. And black women were literally like, no, it's wrong too. That is also wrong. You know, and so for you to turn around and do what you did to Gabrielle Union, yes, I'm saying it, it was wrong. Nobody asked you. Mm -hmm. Nobody asked you. You did not have to, you literally could have helped by just shutting the fuck up. Or just retweet her. In solidarity. That's why I said in, in, it doesn't matter what the risk is f for me in the Hollywood space right now. I'm not letting Samantha Ware stand alone in her experience. That's that if, if we're going to be united in what it is that we say, that girl was traumatized. That was her first TV job. That was her first TV job. She still held trauma from it. She said that's where it came from. She was like, I wasn't even trying to be malicious, but to see somebody uh, hop on a movement um, and then knowing as a black person, you treated me that way. Mm. And then to see you try and say the opposite, I, she was like triggered. And that not have what, been able to say something when it happened. And, and, and literally couldn't, you know, literally. And that's why I said that's why I'm starting a mutiny. That is the whole, it is a, it's black woman, it's black women, uh, um, black women started movement, led movement. And our intention is to end black silence. Mm. Our intention is to, um, is to, uh, let me look at my notes. I know. I want to make sure that I'm very clear I have it too. I have them all here. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the new ones that we have. Okay, because we have a more do. clear message. But um, uh, it's uh, hashtag un mute unmute ny ny, which is does not mean unmute New York. It means <laughs> <laughs> New York's loud enough. Yes, I, I put I put unmute me because when you just say it, it sounds like you're saying a mutiny, mm -hmm. and that's what it is. Mm -hmm. To to not be silent is to start a mutiny yeah. in this industry. Yeah. And um, it's a black woman funded led movement intended to end black silence in the entertainment industry, hold power structural structures accountable for suppressing black experiences like Samantha's, which people were really trying to do mm. and confront microaggressions with courage because microaggressions are micro. They're small and Death they by a thousand like cuts. They and it's like, am I going to choose my battle? I have to choose my battles. Yes. And it seems like, and it creates an environment where racism is comfortable. Mm. Because it's, mm. like I said, racism has evolved as we have evolved. And that is how it comes out. So that's the point of unmutiny. And I just want to be 
very clear about that message. It's not about people. It's not about a lynch mob. It's not about people coming out and just, you know, being reckless <laughs> with with the messaging. It's specifically right now in this phase. Everyone telling tell us our story. Tell us your story. Mm -hmm. Put it in the hashtag. Allow, know that it is a safe space. Mm -hmm. And what is going to be done with your story is going to benefit you at the end. And it's going to hold these networks accountable, which they should mm -hmm. want to be held accountable. Someone wrote, I had a number of things happen during a play I was in. But one thing was that the director would always place me in the back of the theater, cast me as a maid during a song. Also had a castmate tell me during one run through that my hair looked, quote, less crazy than usual. Yep. I read that one. It's the kind of thing where it's like, what am I going to say? What am I going to complain? Now I'm the problem. Mm -hmm. Now, what are the ramifications of me protecting myself and standing up for myself? Now you're emotionally exhausted. You're having to do more work at work. Because now you're going to be the difficult one. And, and, that, the, and, and, and network's going to see. And that's why I said, listen, I'm very aware that what it is that I'm doing is probably going to get me blackballed. But oh, what it is that... The fear of that is so <laughs> fucked up. It is. But, but you know what? It's fine. Because I want to open up a door for my niece Tiani who tells me she wants to be me she's she's 10 9 is she 10 yet <laughs> she's 9 yeah mm. she's 9 <laughs> she's 9 years old and she's like auntie I want to be you I, I just she she's my you know biggest fan and she has been since she was like 3 when she realized that I was on television she's t 9 or 10 does she have any concept of what's I think that her mom is figuring out, figuring it out because she's already experienced some things mm -hmm. at her school. Um, but I feel like there's that there's also that you want your kids to have the freedom to be themselves. But you want them to be protected. Mm -hmm. And it takes a little bit of the innocence away when you have to be honest about what the world really is for a nine year old. Um, but I do think that she understands because she you know my sister had to facetime me so she could see that i was okay mm. and i had to explain to her the reason the auntie is protesting and the reason the auntie is out here showing her face is because she wants to make a better world for you because the world isn't good enough for you right now so when you get older it'll be better because we may not see what it is that we're trying to do in our lifetime i'm per perfectly okay for that but I need us to leave some kind of legacy so that they can continue on the fight so that we can eventually get there. So when my niece goes out for Hollywood parts and has auditions and to play the lead, a, to play the lead and is on, <laughs> you know, and is on, you know, a TV show or whatever, she knows that she's in a safe environment. Because now it's the norm for racism to be bad. It is a norm for microaggressions to not be accepted in front of anyone. And I have a group of, of, of black actor actresses, actors um, that I've sp spoken to about this that told their stories like Ryan Destiny and Vanessa Morgan mm -hmm. um, and Yvette Nicole Brown. Okay. And uh, like I said, Samantha Ware and Robin Thede. Like I have all of these people um, that have had have thousands of stories and that we've exchanged that are committing to what it is that I'm 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 trying to do. So it's gonna it's gonna happen because there are power in numbers. Yes. And it's coming from a, a good place. It's not coming from a place of making people feel bad, but correction 
correction isn't isn't always, you know, coming from an evil space. Yeah. Correction is good for you, too. Yes, 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 yes. And I think the onus is on us to not get defensive, to not. No one wants to be right. Wrong. No. Some people do want to be racist, but some people don't want to be, you you know, you don't want to be wrong. And you're like, I haven't been mean to anyone. It's not about what you haven't done at this point and what your intentions are. As we said, like, you know, and I just want to be super open and hopefully maybe set an example to go like please correct me tell i shouldn't have said that fuck i'm so sorry like i'm Mm. sorry just say i'm sorry Mm. when you fuck up you know create a space where people feel comfortable correcting you and don't get to make it about your emotions and don't make it about your ego and don't make it about your i have a black friend and i dated a black guy and whatever fucking shit that i'm getting a lot of texts about right now um (laughs) you know what i mean yeah and and see yourself when your ego comes out you know i think when someone says you have white privilege or someone says that made me uncomfortable no one's saying you're a bad person unless you're being a bad person like if it's like you said Mm well-intentioned and you're teachable in this moment like receive that you know i think that we're people that are posting the black squares it's like they want to get all the clout but they don't actually want to receive feedback and i think it's important that we allow ourselves to like really be open to that and it's so funny because even the blackout the blackout tuesday thing was co-opted how there were two black women in the industry that started the music industry yeah and it was first started to highlight black businesses Mm -hmm. that's what the blackout tuesday was supposed to be well and then britney posted if you're black do not don't And don't we all were like, do not post Black Lives Matter under these posts. Because if you do hashtag BLM, it's drowning out all of the information and the people that actually need to be heard. Your performative activism, (laughs) (laughs) your trendy activism. People just is silencing black people. They started it and like it got co-opted into something else. And I was like, it wasn't even supposed to be this black um, square shit. Part the part like before the music industry girls got ahead ahead of it. It was two other black girls, yeah. and it was a pause, a pause in Hollywood or something. I forgot what the specific hashtag was, but uh, a a pause in energy. Oh, pa- uh, stop the show. Hashtag stop, stop the, the show. show. And it was supposed to be for us to take a moment and like amplify. Talk about a black business that you uh, patronize. Talk about something <laughs> like that. Like that's what it was supposed to be about. Uh-huh. It was supposed to be about you not posting about yourself uh-huh. and 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 highlighting or something your, uh, else a for photo this with movement. you and your black friend. Yes. Oh my god, I've seen so <laughs> many people posting their black friends. So many people are posting their black friends. It's so oh. obvious. You're so obvious, guys. You're obvious. Follow uh, Brandon Goodman as well. He's giving some etiquette tips here on how to behave right now. I'm just going to let you <laughs> respond to that. So text. I'm making this very quick about my last tweet, which was basically like, stop checking in on your black friends. You will notice that checking in is in quotes, uh, which is to signify that it's not a genuine check in, that it's more of something that is uh from your guilt and your shame of whatever oppressive behavior you subjected that black friend to, uh, especially if it's a black friend that you're not in regular communication with. It's somebody that you were like, who are the black people in my life? And you might have noticed that you don't have any, but there's that guy that you used to talk to in high school or that guy you used to talk to, I don't know, a couple of years ago, and now you're checking in on them. 
if you know that that is not you, honey, then it's not you. If you know that you're checking out, checking in, in a genuine way, if you know that your black friend that you were in relationship with appreciates that check in, then honey, we're not talking about you. But some of y'all, we talking about. So, I mean, this very quick about my last tweet, which was basically that. Yes. But some of y'all, we talking about because he I tweeted, "Please stop checking in on your black friends who you haven't spoken to in months, let alone years." <laughs> Don't use us to feel better or absolve yourself from whatever oppressive behavior you may have subjected us to in the past. Do your work. Do better. Leave us out of it. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> general consensus. That's what you guys need to take away from it. Mm-hmm. Not that you can't talk to your friends about things that are happening now, but come with information. Yeah. I don't want to teach you. There are enough. Follow Brittany. Pod. <laughs> Save the people. Pod save the, the people. people. Just listen to it. It's so good. Tara Brown, follow her. Like she'll she'll let you know. Sixteen nineteen. You know what? Listen to sixteen nineteen. Um, we said last week. Um, uh, uh, we posted a bunch of resources. We'll do it again this week. Um, White Fragility is sold out. Great news on Amazon, but there is still is an audiobook, so you have no excuses. Um, I'm gonna ask a couple dumb questions. Madison, do you want to take over? Do you want to take over? Come on. Come on in. Do you want to take over? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. And I'll ask a couple questions. These are some dumb questions. <laughs> this is this is my god baby and my assistant Madison. Um some dumb questions from people uh, on Instagram that I told oh. you were coming. A lot of them are about Effie and the Wiz and, and Glee and I'm going to skip them all. <laughs> Oh, are you st- she's standing directly in front of the camera. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rachel's here. Stop white womaning me, Whitney. <laughs> You're in I I Amber's shot. Um, oh, I so thought good. this was, you know, going in the right direction a little bit, kind of charming. As a white male, how can I help black women? <laughs> Oh, bless your heart. Madison, oh. as a white male, how can can he help black women? Please stop telling us on TikTok that you think we're beautiful. <laughs> I just love black women. They're so beautiful. She's a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually not. You are a millennial. Oh, you're, you're Gen, Gen Z. Z. Yeah. yeah, she's on some new, new shit. Yeah, she's on some real new shit. <laughs> um, um, yeah. yeah, and stop trying to touch my hair all the time no. they it's the, the amount of white men because i live in a predominantly white city that come up to me especially when my hair is like out oh my how do you do that to your hair it is just so beautiful yeah i don't really have an explanation you can stop exoticizing black women mm. um you can just yeah. hey treat them like white women treat black women like you do white women or like just people maybe humans? people maybe humans. maybe humans maybe i mean humans. but if it's like if you need specifics um <laughs> but i love your nails <laughs> can i ask about your nails i don't have any you do <laughs> okay minus that one yeah you can ask me about my nails <laughs> i love hearing that yeah you can ask me about my nails <laughs> have you already had any thoughts about this podcast so far was there anything you you have any notes for me? As a Gen Z. <laughs> As a 
wasn't I was trying to think about notes. Like thoughts, feedback, things that you're like, ah, oh, wish they had said that. I wish they had brought that up. I wish Whitney was more knowledgeable about that. No, Whitney, you're very knowledgeable. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, just that take white guilt and do something with it. You having your white guilt doesn't doesn't help any. Like also don't do I've seen a lot of people doing enough to calm your white guilt. Like you're doing enough so where you're like, "Okay, today I don't feel guilty." Like that's not what we're asking. We're asking for you to make a move. Don't do just the bare minimum so that you don't feel guilty for the day, but not enough to where you made an impact. That's that's the thing about white guilt. What do you want to see in the next week? What do you want to see in the next month? What do you want to see in the next year? Um, in the next week, I want to see more movement and in less gestures. Mm. In the next month, I want our because um, I think they're voting on July six. For, for this uh, LA budget, um, I want to see <laughs> the denial of this LA budget um, in the next year. I want to be pregnant <laughs> and married. I want a baby <laughs> and I want her to have a baby. Somebody get me pregnant. <laughs> I think we can help you with that. Thank you. <laughs> Any black, white, I don't care. <laughs> Just pregnant and well in doubt. I went on a date with the white guy and one of the first things out of his mouth were was, um, Oh, so, you know, what does your mom do? Oh, yeah, my mom's an, you know, interior decorator. She's a minister. She's an event planner. She's really good. And my dad, oh, you know your dad. <gasps> so that kind of put a little bit of a, a stop to that. Uh, for me, I said, <gasps> yeah, yes, I know my father. Uh, oh, no, that's that's not what I meant. I, w I just meant we were talking about your mom, and then you brought your dad into it. And I was like, yeah. Uh, okay. And the date continued because I do not reject free food. <laughs> and told him to lose my number. <laughs> Meanwhile, I didn't know my dad. <laughs> no one asked me. No one's ever asked me that. <laughs> no one ever asked Have you ever dated a white guy? Um, dated is a strong term. <laughs> Such a millennial! Such a strong I can't say term. Right with that. No, no, no. <laughs> She's different. I I grew up with a lot of white boys. Um, Did you grow up? I went on a I went, grew up in Thousand Oaks. Okay. So um, point zero one percent black. So that was really fun for me. Yeah. Can you tell them um, the story? Do we have time? Yes. For her to tell the story of your documentary of what it was like being black as your senior project? Mm. I, um, for my senior project, because a lot of schools, they make you do senior projects. So uh, my teacher loved documentaries. So we watched Blackfish and Super Size Me and all kinds of documentaries the whole year. So she was like, at the second semester, we're going to start working on our documentaries. So I was throwing her, I literally wrote in my notebook the first day that she told us, I was like, I want to write about being black in Thousand Oaks. Like, 
I think it's a good topic. So I got my group. We had questions, and I was very thorough because I was like, this means something to me. I'm going to take this very seriously. Um, so I interviewed. The youngest person I interviewed at the time was my niece, and she was eight. And the oldest person I interviewed was one of my aunts, and she was in her 50s. And so I had different skin tones. I had people that have lived in Thousand Oaks their whole life versus people that come from other places versus boys and girls and all kinds of different stuff because I really wanted to get the full gamut of what it's like. And I presented my project. My teacher was in tears. It was great. And I'm like sitting here and I'm, she's like, you weren't in the documentary. What are your feelings? I said, it's horrible having to represent my entire race Mm. at every second of every hour of every day and being 18. Like, I've been doing this since I was five. Like, I always have to be on my P's and Q's. And I had boys in the back of my class, like, laughing. And I heard them whispering, like, oh, she's so dramatic. Oh, my gosh, this is this is crap. And they're, like, laughing because they think it's funny. And I'm like, oh, so my genuine experiences are funny to you because in your world, I'm dramatic or loud and I'm noisy and I'm obnoxious and I can't be loud I'm taking up too much space I'm taking up too much space and I can't be loud because I'm an extrovert I have to be loud because I'm black I can't like certain music because I like the way it sounds I have to like it because it's a black artist or I can't identify with people that look like me because then I'm reverse racist it was they tried everything in the book and I was like okay noted got it I'm sorry let me let me be quiet so the the argument that racism will die with a certain generation, she's a Gen Z. That is absolute bullshit. <laughs> the idea is still being... A lot of people are like, it's getting better. It's getting quieter. Ooh, shit. It's getting quieter <laughs> and more underhanded. It is. It's getting qui- it's getting quieter. They're I taking mean, who was it? Will Smith or he, at least he posted this. The um, racism isn't getting worse. It's just getting filmed. Huh. Mm-hmm. And it took people seeing black pain and black death and us being traumatized by going on. I accidentally saw what happened to um, uh, Ahmaud Aubrey. Mm, same. Because I'm like, what is this? What is going same? On? It was on my my timeline, and I clicked on, and I was like, what is going on? Like, what is this truck doing? Like, you know. And in my mind, when I saw them fighting, I, I, I couldn't. Now at this point, I couldn't stop watching. And then I just see him get shot. And you know what the worst part is? I thought that the man that was recording it was recording it in defense of Ahmad Aubrey, but he was an accessory. He got in his car and blocked him in. So he was also charged. So like, I, even to think that that was, you know what I'm saying? Like, feed. oh, at least somebody, you know, went and, rec- no, you recorded that shit for sport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not protection. Mm. So that idea that it's getting better with time, that there's progress there is no progress until it is recognized by our president. There is no progress until it is recognized by our leaders in government. Or to the same sentiment, the fact that we discount people's ages. Yeah. We discount like the little girl, the girl that was telling her parents off. Oh, you're young. You don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hate that. Um, we feel as though whether you're a young black person or a young white person or whoever, 
I feel like a lot of times whatever they're saying gets discounted because of their age. Mm. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You clear like like you guys said. Oh, uh, racism is gonna die out when all the old people are die out. Like Beyonce, you learned that we had a black president. Yeah. Can I ask you what are some shows that you feel like capture the black experience in an authentic, truthful way that people should watch? Oh, I always tell people I love a different world. Mm-hmm. It's oh old. My gosh, it's old, and I'm an old soul. But I feel as though, I literally was having an argument the other day about this. I feel as though it explains the full gamut, at least maybe because it's my age group, uh-huh. but the full gamut of what it's like to have to ha- be an educated black person. Mm-hmm. Because we're not all just thugs. We're not all out, like, for the most part, we're not. We're just out here trying to live our lives. So having to, even in a black college setting, experience racism, I feel is great. Um I also personally love Blackish and Grownish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they touch on a lot of stuff and they do it in a way that's palatable. So yeah. it's not directly in your face, but like a lot of, because Zoe and I are supposed to be the same age, a lot of what Zoe's gone through, I, I personally have gone through it. I personally have gone through exactly what Amber was saying. Because I speak properly or eloquently, I've had teachers look at me twice and be like, oh, mm-hmm. this, this one's different. I hate that sentence. This one's different. The amount of times I've heard that, it's in your, the first time I, the teacher said it to me, I was in third grade. I'm eight. And to hear a teacher go, oh, you're different. This one, this one. So automatically the entire rest of my race is bad. But me, I'm fine because I grew up around white people. Wow. I'm texting your mom right now. Oh, I, sorry. <laughs> I'm, pr- I'm, I'm proud as fuck right now. I, I can't even. <laughs> I can't even talk, yo. Like, I if you like, ever need a Gen Z correspondent, this is it right here. I'm telling you. This is it. But also, like, yeah, I think it's just important to know your limitations. And it, I don't mm. love admitting I have limitations, but, mm. like, there is just, you know, some things that I don't know how I can understand unless we give you the microphone, unless we mm. you make a documentary, unless you make a TV show. And, you know, it's yeah. just sort of like you can't stop and educate every person. You don't have that kind of time, Mm. you know, so we just need to figure out a way to like. And I feel like this is making steps and like we appreciate it because it's like some of us have voices and we know what we want to say, but we don't know exactly how to say them Mm -hmm. Um, or if it's right for us to say them. Because some, like I said, people discount because of your age or because of what you've experienced or where you've grown up. So it's like, where am I supposed to say what I have to say or like. Where do I fit in into the puzzle? Because you see the Ambers and the people and the Kendricks that are out here. And you're like, okay, I see that. But that's not my path. Like, how do I figure out where I fit into the whole hodgepodge? I think your point is right. Like, I even have had to learn, like, I can't educate everyone. Because my stance has always been. If you're getting paid, maybe. Listen, (laughs) I'm not against it. (laughs) No, no. I'll give you your Venmo. But my my thought process has always been, I was fortunate enough to be put around people that instilled in me from a very young age, your voice matters, mm-hmm. um, and you have a, 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 a responsibility. And they always taught me, not everybody's bad. Some people are just uneducated. Thank you. Which is the thing that I always try to, I always try to come at from like, because like Amber, I, I was almost a teacher. So I taught fifth and sixth grade. So I get... Not everybody, it doesn't click for everybody all at the same time. So, like, for me, 
there's people who are like, why are you still talking to them? Why are you trying to help them? You've been talking to them for four days now. And I'm like, okay, but I think I'm almost getting to the clicking point. But I also have realized like I can't, I can't run it to the point where I'm low. And now because I've spent so much time trying to explain it to you, the next person that asks me, I'm going to snap on them mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I'm tired. That's right. Whew. Well, I, I could, I could, I, ca- I can't ask you for any more. Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate you like personally reaching out to me. That meant a lot. It was, it's been very hard for me. <laughs> I, I was so nervous to reach out for, for to you because I was just like, I do not want to fucking make her do enough. She's doing enough. And she's, you know, but a lot, a lot of people listen to this. So I feel less bad. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get that hashtag. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to plug? Unmute. Yeah. I, I just want to talk about Unmutiny again and just encourage, you know, um, every single black creative in the entertainment space to use that hashtag on Twitter or Instagram um, to tell their stories because we are collecting them and doing something really great that you're going to appreciate with them and yeah my uh if you want to instagram me it's at ms ms amber p riley Mm -hmm. and um the same for my twitter and yeah that's it i just i I loved being here and thank you for having me i love you and thank you madison of course thank you you listen it's okay take over (laughs) she's gen z she's got confidence (laughs) or does i'm trying